have such sights to show you. Popping the Scary Horror Podcast here. I'm your host, Cole, and with me, as always, I have my good friend and co-host, Aaron. Aaron! Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas! Oh, man! <laughs> that was beautifully in sync! I knew you were gonna do that. I, I wonder no how! Yeah, I, I read your brain hole. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My brain hole was uh, there, was so... Exposed. Yes, yes, yes. Super exposure there. But, yeah, um... So pretty much this is our Christmas episode we're releasing this year, and what better way to celebrate that than to uh, talk about a horror Christmas movie concerning uh, a certain Christmas icon, Krampus. Krampus! So yeah, um, Aaron, have you ever had any prior exposure to the idea of Krampus or anything like that? I know a little bit about Krampus, just like Mm -hmm. mythological Krampus, like he's... uh... And he like a, he's a he's a dude with horns and then the hooves. He's like a demon kind of guy, and he like follows around Santa Claus and like beats children that are naughty or something, something like that. Yeah, you're pretty much on the money there. Okay. Yeah, pretty much right there on the money. But yeah, um, Krampus was one of those things. I, I don't know about you, but growing up, I had heard like vague things about it. it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, did you know there's actually this uh dark figure called Krampus, which. Ooh. Is basically somebody that would uh, snatch children and beat them yeah. with a stick. Yeah. There, um, which again, uh, from what I understand of the actual mythology of Krampus, it was kind of like a thing to encourage kids more mm-hmm. of being good. Because you know, again, if the idea of presence of being good wasn't enticing enough, perhaps um, the idea of not doing anything bad to avoid punishment. Yeah. There, I think it's just kind of the standard thing kind of like you know how parents would say like monsters would get the children if they wandered out late at night yeah yeah just one of those stories there um but a lot of people again that and this is a big uh thing i have to staple down krampus is not satan unlike mm-hmm. ev- what everybody says he is because that's like a popular satany yeah i can see it yeah it's a little demonic Yes, absolutely. And so, um, I and I watched a whole interesting uh, video about Krampus, which I won't get heavily into, but I do uh, encourage those curious about Krampus to definitely watch some, like, essay videos on YouTube or something to talk about it, because it's really interesting, because it's one of the few pagan icons Mm -hmm. that the church was okay with, Mm because whenever it came to, again, them wanting to celebrate the birth of Christ during that time... Um, they had issues because, again, of, like, pagan rituals and everything. Right. But the idea of Krampus is, like, oh, you better be good. Otherwise, Krampus will come get you. They're and like, what's hey. the church all about? Uh, forgiving you of your sins. Yeah, and also being good so you don't go to hell. Yes, exactly. So it kind of went hand in hand together. And so well, they're just, like, Christmas yeah. stuff is pagan anyways. Christmas mm-hmm. trees are a pagan ritual. I mean, Yuletide mm-hmm. is literally pagan shit about evergreens it's like a fertility ritual Mm -hmm. christ wasn't even born on christmas he wasn't born on december 25th they were just like 
well, there's all kinds of people celebrating this holiday anyway, so uh, let's make it the Jesus birthday because we don't Ab- actually know when he was born. Absolutely. So. Yeah, they just have to coincidentally place it on the exact day they celebrated right. just to kind of snuff out the religion because that's how uh, evangelists work. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just spreading it mm-hmm. and basically seizing and conquering. But that's beside the point. But there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff about it, which is why I'm surprised we don't see too many krampus style projects there and so whenever i had heard about this film being released in theaters i didn't really rush out to watch it because again i was like okay you know it's just going to be the typical like they're going to make just basically make krampus this demon Mm -hmm. or whatever and just not really put any thought into it and so I didn't really necessarily avoid it, but I didn't run out to watch it there. I don't know if you had ever heard about this movie. I've heard about the movie. It's one of those things that, like, yeah, I I think I was alive when it came out. And then, you know, subsequent Mm -hmm. Christmases, seasons, sometimes you kind of hear a reference to it. But, no, I've definitely, I've never, like, seen any clips Mm -hmm. from it or anything even. Yep, and it's hard to believe that it came out in 2015. So Uh, it's just, it's already seven years old already. So it's crazy to think about but it wasn't until last year whenever i watched it and again like i mentioned in the previous episode whenever you had guessed a year ago that we're going to watch krampus i was Mm -hmm. like man why didn't we choose krampus there that's that's a terrific (laughs) idea so yes i wanted to make up for i wouldn't say mistake but missed opportunity and make up for it now so um Everybody grab on to your glass of eggnog, your hot cocoa, whatever beverage you're enjoying. Maybe, probably, I don't know. I'm Orchata, not there. Maybe. Ooh, a cold beer. A t- Dude, man, Aaron's, Aaron's your drink, man. You know Four what I mean? glasses of whiskey. Yes. Everything else that you drink on the holiday season. <laughs> Absolutely. Grab your beverage. Hold on tight as we watch Krampus tonight. Krampus. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Krampus to go. <laughs> And we are back from watching Krampus. Krampus. Yes, Krampus. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about yeah. this film because this was a film where there was a, a lot of commentary I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, I am very curious and eager to dive into this. So, okay. Aaron, please give initial thoughts. Uh, man, this, uh, this film was a real cramp in my ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 uh, I, I had a feeling had a little bit of an inkling of a feeling there <laughs> uh, it was pretty goofy you know it was pretty self-aware of its goofiness i feel like but it was it's definitely like a b movie maybe a c movie you know <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, I'll definitely be curious to dive into the nitty-gritty of it um i will give a slight overview for people who maybe have heard of Krampus or don't know anything about Krampus, uh, I might as well jump into the storyline before diving into thoughts. So Krampus is a film that comes from Michael Dotery, which you actually probably don't know this, but he directed the Godzilla vs. Kong movie as well as Trick or Treat. Okay, I did pick up that because, I mean, they had like a little Trick or Treat references in there. And Mm -hmm. the style definitely seemed similar 
Um, spoiler alert, not as good as Trick or Treat, in my opinion. But <laughs> um, Without spoiling too much, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I'll kind of dive into it. Um, but getting into the nitty-gritty of the plot, so this film from Michael Dotry, uh, it's basically a film where a uh, little boy is pretty much very passionate about Christmas like he doesn't believe in Santa Claus but he believes in the spirit of it mm -hmm. to the point where he's willing to get into fights with people that kind of you, you know those people that just have to like ruin Christmas yeah this guy's like whole... probably like 12 or something you know like at that mm -hmm. age where he, he's you know shouldn't really be believing mm -hmm. in Santa but there's so, so his peers aren't but he's still kind of holding on and you would probably remember being that age where kids are like oh did you know Santa's not real owned you know yes. like, <laughs> and so uh he's dealing with this and it's gets harder for him to stay in the Christmas spirit whenever his family and extended family is invited over and it you know it's it's usual with christmas stresses that families typically aren't known to get well long together and this yeah. is just another example of that and whenever he starts and pretty much loses that faith in the spirit of christmas uh they get a little uh visit from uh krampus mm -hmm. and the gang and the gang that's important yeah he's yes. got a bunch of little buddies yes and so that's pretty much about the plot of the film and i feel like plot wise i feel like it's completely understandable i feel like they have yeah. to set in motion on why krampus would be visiting yeah. this which in all honesty i kind of i kind of like that they took the time in the plot to set up a reason as to why krampus would arrive as opposed mm -hmm. to just have him be like oh i'm here to mess things up right you know um i really do like that idea and plot-wise, I feel like it does a lot of stuff fairly well. I think the execution is where it's hit or miss. Yeah, pretty poorly executed. Mm -hmm. I do think the plot's a little simple. I think the mm -hmm. setup's good. Um, but then, yeah, the movie is kind of just in the house with Krampus. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you were to look at the bullet points... The bullet points are pretty standard, and yeah, it's like, makes yeah, yeah. sense. It's just the direction that they take to get to those bullet points mm -hmm. to weave it together. That's whenever I feel like um, it definitely kind of misses the mark a little bit. I agree. And yeah, yeah, I feel like somebody probably had those bullet points on paper and would be like, this would be a great movie, and then they hand it off to somebody to write a script. And that's where it started going south. Because <laughs> some the in-between the bullet points, like the structure itself is fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of the little, little the, the details, the little parts in between where it starts to waver for me. I would definitely agree. And so, like, I'm sure there's probably, like, some stuff we'll talk about later on stuff that maybe we would have done differently, fine-tuned, stuff like that. But as is, like, I think we can at least both agree that the plot is just fairly grounded. And I think it's good that they tried to keep it a little more simplistic yeah, yeah. there because otherwise the with the direction they took to kind of weave it together mm -hmm. would have definitely been even more messy right and especially with the sort of like tone and feeling you know it's not it's not taking itself that seriously as a movie mm -hmm. you know if you try to get too convoluted with it it might be uh, not in service to that idea but i i feel like because that's because that, that's an interesting thing i think we could definitely talk about is the overall tone of the film mm -hmm. i feel like it was a good idea 
to make it kind of more of a comedy mm -hmm. than just pure horror. However, you, you know, it's like one of those things where you take Evil Dead 2, yeah. and that was an even mixture of both. Like, yeah, it had yeah. the pure horror and the absurdism that comes with comedy, mm -hmm. and it was very much back and forth there. Right. Whereas this one, I feel like the comedy hits a little bit too much to where it just kind of gets ludicrous yeah a little bit it's not the fact that comedy is bad because there is some good comedic moments mm -hmm. it's just they do a little bit too much and i would say mm -hmm. this is kind of where where i kind of get the vibe of this is almost like somebody tried to take like christmas vacation and make it a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> but they did a really bad job you know? I, I feel like christmas vacation is more of a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah. that's a more scary situation yeah um, um but it has you know the the in-laws that are wily and row and then they come in and they're cracking silly one-liners and there's a lot of slapstick comedy mm -hmm. you know it's like that but it's like well what if also people were dying you know yeah yeah and that's honestly another point i want to dive into is the characters because i feel like this time round uh the characters uh, again i feel like it's important to kind of break down s some of them yeah, like yeah. for instance we talk about the little boy whose name is max played by mj anthony and mm -hmm. i feel like overall he does a fine job yeah 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 nothing like alarming or anything like that and he kind of ends up being the main character sort of for the most part there mm, yeah. because it focuses on him a lot then it disperses evenly to the rest of the family mm -hmm. which i definitely think is good but the characters themselves it's like you get an idea of who he is he kind of is the catalyst to get the plot going right and then i just kind of feel like he does sink into the background a little bit more yeah, it's an interesting... and only pops up later yeah it's an interesting mm -hmm. choice because i think when the movie starts like he's the point of view character more or less like you're kind of following max around and what max is doing and what max is thinking and then, yeah, whenever the the blizzard comes and here cometh Krampus, um, you really are hardly ever around Max or what mm -hmm. Max is doing or what Max is thinking, um, which is odd given, you know, some of the reasons mm -hmm. why Krampus is there in the first place. But Yeah, yeah. And um, talking about these next few characters, I feel like a lot of them are the most part are kind of you know, again, we're used to it with films we watch, and I keep mentioning this time and time again, but they're almost like characters as yeah. opposed to characters. It's like they're here to service the plot, but the plot's pretty straightforward, so they're just kind of cardboard characters. But Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about this uh, one fantastic actor, <laughs> um, Adam, Adam Scott, Scott, who plays Tom, who's the dad of Max. And uh, again, you're going to hear about the same thoughts that I have, but him specifically also, I feel like at the beginning, he's way too apathetic, like unbelievably apathetic before he starts to get humanized whenever they focus it. Yeah. It's like the plot requires the majority of the characters to be as apathetic as possible in order to push Max to the edge. Sure. And um, it's it's because I I remember specifically watching it the first time, I didn't like a majority of the characters because yeah. I'm like, they're just terrible. Yeah. They're just terrible people. And it isn't until later in the plot, whenever like, Oh no, they're human. They have their right. own thoughts and beliefs. But 
by that point, they had already lost me, so it took me a while right. before I'm wheeled back in, you as could, opposed, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do that with, like, a, a character or two or three, you know, in a movie, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the people you like, and oh, we don't like these people, but then, oh, hey, they redeem themselves, but, like, when the entire cast is like that, it's like, ooh, you know? Yeah, because I imagine it was the same thing for you, where you felt like you didn't really like the characters because they did a little bit too much to make them unlikable. Yeah, there. yeah, they were a little <clears> too, like well rambunctious mm. especially the in-laws are lower yes just like serving to be caricatures of bad family members to the mm. point where they're just like oops yeah. i shot your wife but, uh, <laughs> that didn't actually happen but you know it's yeah. just like just egregious to that mm. degree where you're like jesus christ yeah and I, I i will say this watching it the second time round because i was prepared for this i actually didn't find them quite as horrendous i mm-hmm. guess that's a word i can go for i didn't find them horrendous and i picked up some of the nuances but again first time viewing i was on on the same yeah. boat as you where i was just like yeah i just what? don't care about this adam scott yeah. plays tom <laughs> the husband um and he works a lot that's his character he works a lot and he's kind of a wimp he was an eagle scout was his character and he's played by adam scott so if you just if you don't know who adam scott is just google him kind of look at his face and you go oh yeah that guy he plays the same guy in every movie and and fuck adam scott (laughs) there it is i I was just like waiting like oh he's gonna do it i'm on my adam scott rant right now okay I didn't bother to learn his name even until this movie, but I've seen many movies with him, and he's always just like, hmm, I'm kind of a, I kind of look like an asshole. I've got this face where I'm kind of an asshole. And, uh, you know, I just play the same character in every movie. And I think that's just Adam Scott. So if I ever meet Adam Scott at a party, I'm going to piss on his shoes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I was like, I was waiting for it. It's like, ah, oh, he's going to do it. Yeah. Oh, he's going to do it. And just like, mm-hmm. I just... If he was a great actor, if he was great at doing that part, that'd be awesome. But then, like, he had to do something else in this movie, you know, a time or two. He had to be like, you know, I gotta protect my flock, you know. And it's just, like, the worst delivery of a line <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It's just really, they, like, tried to humanize him. And it was like, I'm, it's still Adam Scott, guys. I'm not, you know, I'm falling for this one. You can't do anything to make me like him. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, he, uh, he's married to what, Sarah, <laughs> the character Sarah. Yeah, yeah. I, I will, I will add this little, like okay, bow asterisk. on top of this present you have given me. Sure, sure. I appreciate it, but I agree with Aaron. But it's a very much more milder version. <laughs> it's not like a specific hate, but I am just like, he's just the same dude over and over again. <laughs> um. So that that I, I. But I agree with Aaron totally. It's just he's more like Jack Daniels. I'm like a Bud Light yeah. on that. <laughs> We're both alcohol, just different potencies. No, I'm like an Everclear on Adam Scott. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to dig through his Twitter to find something mean he said in like 2008. Cancel that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so good. Uh, I'm going to end on that. No, I'm not even going to top that. Uh, Tony Collette plays Sarah, who is the wife and uh, mom of the family there. And I feel like she does a fairly good job of sort of being like on the level of being neurotic there mm-hmm. but it, it's like again we we talk about christmas vacation you mentioned it mm-hmm. it reminds me of um clark's wife yeah, yeah there except i feel like this is like the great value version right there but she still does a fine job 
I agree. There, I but she and her sister, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll mention shortly, mm-hmm. uh, are both probably the strongest actresses I, in this movie. Yeah, actors. Ab- absolutely, 100% agree. Because, again, you do see kind of her grievances with some of the stuff. Because, again, it's like, you know, they have the family dinner. She works really hard to, mm-hmm. like, prepare and cook. And, you you know, there, there's family that does that. They're just like, oh, what is this there? Yeah. And, yeah. again, it's like people that don't usually have food like that. So you can understand her grievances. But again, she is also very apathetic Mm -hmm. once again to Max, which again, kind of, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I understand why they did it though. But again, they spend that time doing that and then they have to focus on time later on. Right. uh, Just earning you back. And um, I will say those moments you mentioned with like her and her sister, as we'll talk about later, Mm -hmm. those were some of the most genuine parts of the film. I felt like, like where they would talk about past Christmases, because again, I think Michael Dotry, like whether the strength, well, we've already mentioned it, the strength mm-hmm. of this film is nowhere near the level of trick or treat. Yeah. But again, he's really good at analyzing a holiday and breaking it down mm-hmm. and focusing on stuff too. So with that, I I absolutely applaud him for just being able to notice stuff like that, because those moments, even though they are like moments that's like, oh, it's slower parts of the film, it's intriguing, it's interesting. They have interesting mm-hmm. stuff to say on both sides. Yeah. There, so I do find it very um, enjoyable and interesting to watch, and I feel like Tony Collette again, not given a lot, definitely does a, a lot more to Adam Scott. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, both, I think, feel like both her and, and Adam Scott, who plays Tom, are, are given moments where they're like supposed to care about Max. You know what I mean? Where they're like, "Oh yes, I love you." By the way, um, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> But it's but it it doesn't. I feel like the movie was trying to create this atmosphere of like, oh man, Max just wishes Christmas was like it used to be, where everyone was together and it wasn't awful and they all loved each other. But like the love's just not there anymore for the parents, but they still love the kid. You know, I feel like it was trying to do that kind of thing. But yeah, like both fucking Adam Scott and and, <laughs> and, and the Sarah were, were both just like felt like they didn't care about the kid until like he was bullied at the dinner table. And then they're like, oh, yeah. all right, we have to love yeah. our kid. Let me go do this. Well, even then, they're like, okay, that scene in particular, yeah. they went way too far. Just be like, oh, knock it off. They're just teasing you. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. they just wait until it's way too late. Right there to try to do anything but again like i will say i'm glad they didn't do the home alone effect where it's like look what you did you little jerk yeah (laughs) you know because that's one of my like i i like home alone a lot that's one of the most annoying parts of the film is Mm -hmm. how unlikable the whole family is there and it's like they make macaulay culkin a little bit too sympathetic right um but that that's beside the point but i feel like i'm glad they didn't do that effect because they could have done that but again it's just like way too late and it just seemed kind of out of character like oh he said they suddenly care uh-huh. like their son who basically got into a huge fight at the department store right uh there which is uh that's another thing we'll talk about but i don't want to derail the mm-hmm. conversation is just the opening scene and how it opens and right. how i think it's very well done um and this this next character i think will be very quick uh beth played by stefania lavi owen mm-hmm. um She's not given anything yeah, besides really being not. older sister role. And again, this is no dig on the actress. I feel like she does her job. I just right. felt like writing wise, they gave her little to no character development oh, there. But she is eye rolling teenage girl number four thousand and three. Yes, 
And um, I just feel like, again, just serves as a plot device more than anything. Right. And it's not even like one of those like over the top enjoyable, like, oh man, this character is wacky no. sort of thing. It's just very, yep. And, and I'll so... get on another really short so- soapbox real Ooh, quick. Ooh, please get on that soapbox here. Let me just, just dust it off there. Teen girls as side characters are pretty just fucking underdeveloped by how I feel like it's just <laughs> full of, d- of men directors that are like, yeah, teen girls be shopping and on the iPhones or whatever. And that's the whole character, like, every time for mm. every single one of these fucking movies. You know, girls have personalities. You ever thought about that? It's probably why I didn't get laid in high school. Mm-hmm. Fucking director man. Yeah. Owned. Anyway, next Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, only, the only thing I will give, like, a kudos yeah. i will give a kudos bar to uh beth here is whenever they're at the dinner table you know she does try to stop her brother mm-hmm. there but she also feel like she's mostly just trying to do it because she's like i just want to get through this dinner there right. and i do like the moment whenever uh they do reveal the letter and what it says and mm-hmm. her reaction yeah. to it i thought that was good but that's again that's like a sprinkle just on a little, top of a little mist yeah a, yeah a little mist like, the little do there, but if you really so, dig in, you can appreciate yes, that. no yeah. diss on the actor, more so just on the way yeah, she was written. It's just her role. She did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of roles, this is this is probably I assume I'm I'm assuming I'm predicting mm-hmm. this character was the one central character that she had an issue with because okay. that was the, every time audible uh, commentary came from Aaron okay. was focusing on uh, Grand Old Omi <laughs> played by Krista Stadler. <laughs> That's another one where it was entirely the writing fault and not necessarily the actress. I'm sure she's a great actress. <laughs> Maybe she did what she didn't appear great in this role. <laughs> but um, I mean, she did her job. But she's um, mm. I just it just threw me off every time that she would be speaking a German most of the time. But she obviously understands English, and nobody would speak a German back to her, and they'd have full conversations back and forth where she was speaking a German, and they were speaking in English. And it's like, it got to the point where it's ridiculous, where, like, she's, she's, like, even Max didn't understand her at some point, and he asked her a question in English, and she responded in German, and she, and he was, and they were like, oh, what did she say? And he was like, I don't know. It's like, it's like she's a talking dog in a movie. <laughs> Where, like, the dog just barks, and they're like, what's that, boy? I'm going to translate out loud every sentence so that the audience can hear. It's just, it got absurd. Like, I feel like they started this movie, and they were like, all right, Max Mm -hmm. and fucking Adams. (laughs) You have to to pretend you know German. Can you handle that as actors? And Max was like, no, I'm a child. And Adam was like, no, I don't, I'm not good at acting. (laughs) So they were like, well, I guess you'll just speak in English, and she'll speak in German, because she has to be German for the story. Anyway. Yeah, just to show, like, the German heritage, which I... It's difficult, because I understand why she's German, because she has, like, a whole build-up that kind of relates heavily, and not to mention the fact... um, that you know christmas uh if i correct me if i'm wrong it's more of a germanic uh holiday correct maybe i don't know oh okay well i don't that's where a lot of the pagans were it makes sense yeah um Uh, that that's what i think anyways and so i feel like the idea of the character is good mm -hmm. for the story i felt like it's good it's just the execution was very sloppy and i think they even make commentary about how inconsistent her whether she's going to speak in english or german is yeah Which, again, it just, I don't know. I I just wish, 
it could have been handled better. Yeah. Like, I understand that it was maybe the idea of, like, yeah, the actress can't speak German, but we want her to speak German because it sounds cool right. there. But I just wish that, I mean, Adam probably can't do it, but the, the yeah. little child can. The little child's more capable. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I just, um, yeah. And it also struck me as odd that, like, in the beginning, they established that she's, like, German grandma and she speaks in German and mm-hmm. they translate everything she says on the screen mm-hmm. in subtitles. You know what I mean? And then later, they just drop the subtitles, and then people just start translating for her. It's just inconsistent throughout the movie. Yeah, it was definitely inconsistent. And so, um, definitely wish her character would have been more defined and uh, sanded out. You know, I I felt like it was definitely a rough character idea. Definitely good for the plot, just not the best device I've seen. Like, it wasn't well-polished. Yeah. So, again, and no diss on the actress. The actress does a really good job, I think, there, you know. I I mean, I would say the best job, but good. (laughs) You know, good. And she has, like, a a few moments where it's just like, yeah, that's well done. Like, you know, especially towards the end of the film. Yeah. Although, oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Character decisions, questionable. Oh, absolutely. Um, But that's kind of the territory, unfortunately, with horror films. It's just very poor decision making. Yeah. Um, but even before anything goes wrong, poor decision making. <laughs> absolutely. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and skip over to this character because I'm going to save this grand peach right here okay, towards the end yeah. here. So we'll talk about the other sister, uh, Linda, played by Allison Tolman. And this, <clears throat> I feel like I'm biased because she was in Fargo season one and she was like one oh, of my favorite yeah. characters. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Yeah, she was Molly I, Salverson. Yeah, I didn't I didn't finish that season. I didn't finish mm-hmm, yeah. Fargo because I'm terrible at watching television. Yeah. But I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, she was great. No, she, she was one of my favorite characters and she's a fantastic actress there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like while everybody's apathetic and mean, I feel like she was really the only closest one of being sort of nice. Again, yeah, yeah. she was like a bit... I don't know. She's like a bit of a mess. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Especially since uh, her husband kind of just piles responsibility on her there a lot of the time. But I feel like as an actress, I I think she's phenomenal. But again, this could be my own bias there. Um, But I thought she did a terrific job. And again, whenever it came to those emotional moments and scenes between uh, Mm -hmm. her and Toni Collette, I thought they were well done. Um, Character-wise, again, I feel like she's just kind of the one that's kind of the uh again she's the younger sister and kind of folds in typically mm-hmm. there's usually more introverted there a lot of the time and just kind of again she has to be the manager mm-hmm. of her family there uh but i feel like she does a good job i feel like she gets a couple of moments to shine uh but yeah i mean i got, I got nothing else yeah. besides the character but again that's also kind of the bad thing is like She's given a little bit, but not a lot, like, defining character. It's not like I'll go down and be like, oh, this is one of the best characters in cinema. You know, but... No, she, yeah, but she's 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 given a job, and she kind of goes beyond the expectations. I absolutely. Feel like, yeah. 112% agree. And uh, then we'll get to uh, David uh, Kochner, who plays <laughs> Howard, which uh, Aaron and I had this discussion while watching the film about how we only know him really from Anchorman and other bits of media, but mm-hmm. we don't know who what character he was or anything it's just he, he was an anchorman this guy and he probably always named howard too if i had to yeah. guess he's a girl <clears throat> howie kind of guy yeah and so he's the husband and again with this side of the family 
Uh, it's very much the cousin Eddie sort of type of oh, family. Yeah. They're redneck. That's the sort of vibes I got there. Again, they're just very kind of messy country bumpkins sort of thing. And from what I've seen on like cameo videos, David's done. <laughs> he's he's just the same dude. Yeah. But again, it's just. I don't know. Even though he kind of plays the same character as opposed to Adam Scott, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I just, again, enjoy him. Yeah, he's yeah. got like this caricature thing that he's been doing for at least a decade now. Yeah. Probably, if... probably, probably a couple, three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a funny caricature. I feel like they, they the script turned it up a little too much for this movie. Mm-hmm. It was a little over the top, but um, they, it kind of dials down as the movie goes on, and he's you know he's he's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I will say to the script's credit, I feel like they had fun writing for this character and another character we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. I feel they, like they those two fun. were the favorites because again, my favorite line that I mean. A lot of the times, the stuff he says, I mean, we're, we're pretty much from the Bible Belt here, so we're mm-hmm. used to this sort of talk. Mm-hmm. We've heard it from loads of relatives there, but it's like, you know, talking about bringing guns, he's like, you know, uh, shepherd's got to protect his flock. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that, it just, just sounds way too country. It's just mm-hmm. so good. And so, again, most believable grounded character, groundbreaking, no, but for the story, I feel like it services just fine. It's kind of like... You know, he's that guy you bring in in case you need, like, an energetic country sort of fella. Yeah, yeah, rural kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, moving down the line, um, these characters are pretty much going to be, like, moving down the line. But the sisters, I feel like they're they're fine, but just, they're super yes. antagonistic, yeah. out of left field, I feel like. Which, that again, I, I, I've, I've had cousins that have been bullies to me, like, whenever I was younger and everything. So mm-hmm. it's not the fact I don't believe it, but it just is so overly antagonistic. And whenever you have a whole bunch of people being apathetic mm-hmm. there, because even uh, Howard... Uh, that David plays, he's also apathetic. He's like, you know, oh yeah, you're nothing but a whip, you know. Mm-hmm. Where is this fancy smashy food? I should have brought a bird. Right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is over the top. It's like, oh, cran brulee. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> I only eat mac and cheese and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I feel like just with a mix of the, just lack of sympathy and these two, it just. The first time I watched it, it was kind of uh, annoying to watch there because I felt like they're just going as hard as they can to push Max over the edge to basically uh, starting to lose that Christmas spirit and everything. So it's also like audiences aren't that dumb, so like we can get when people are Mm -hmm. being mean without literally having like a bullying scene, bullying scene at the Christmas dinner table. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like you can you can you can be a little more realistic with it. We'll we'll understand, but they kind of ham fist everything in the beginning to be like these people are country, this lady's rude, these kids are bullies. You get it? Do you get it? (laughs) Yeah, I I I would definitely agree with that. And again, I don't feel like it's the actress's fault at all. And I do. I do find it an interesting character choice that even though they are girls, uh, they are dressed up more like boys. Mm-hmm. And again, they do make a comment about it later. And I'm like, well, that's kind of clever. But I feel like these characters were kind of screwed in the writing department yeah. there. Because again, they go from like being bullies to being kind of way too apathetic later on mm-hmm. there. Um, so 
minor nitpick there. It doesn't like bother me too much, like watching a second time around, but it was definitely like, eh. um, so that's going through Howie Jr. Mountain Dew Pringle lead and boy, <laughs> it, it's every silent cousin that is quiet and is awkward and eats nothing but food. No, that's Howie Jr., right? Uh, yeah. No, no Stevie that's... was one of the girl, right? Or wait. Holy crap, I'm an idiot. Yes. Yeah, Howie Jr. Ho- Howie is... Jr., yes. Yeah, yeah, he's the Mountain Dew Dorito kid that yes. doesn't talk. Stevie and Jordan were the uh, sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, retcon that. I'm, I'm not going to edit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Howie Jr. is the one that's, like, silent, eating food. And again, I just feel like he's a body like yeah. that that's the whole purpose there. he's augustus gloop yes absolute yeah augustus gloop <laughs> bumpkin mm-hmm. um so but i feel like again actor does fine i'm sure he just did exactly what the script called for yeah and so nothing there and then finally we will jump to uh aunt dorothy mm-hmm. <laughs> played by conchata Farrell, and her character is divisive because i feel like She's playing that stereotypical aunt she plays, you see. Uh, you've probably seen this actress before. She kind of plays the same character every movie, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes she plays a better version of that character, and this is like the worst version of that character. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like she has a couple of good lines. Yeah. I feel like, but again, I do feel like it's just her going off whatever the script calls for there yeah, she's, um, she's delivering the lines that are given to her but the lines are just mm. so stupid <laughs> yeah i feel like she's just one of those again we we see this a lot there's a lot of characters that are typecast in the same roles yeah. over and over again yeah. but uh i will say this i i pretty much prefer her stereotype over the adam scott stereotype fair yeah <laughs> fair um you know but there is a couple of like good lines I laughed at, and again, mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's, it's. I, I. It's not the fact that I like it because it's clever. It's just, it's just well delivered. Yeah, I would say the ones that I laughed at, I will still give them props for, even though I was laughing mostly because it was stupid. You know yeah. what I mean? But I feel like at the same time, a lot of those lines were supposed to be just kind of fucking stupid. Yeah, so. just kind of like, okay. silly one-liners yeah. there. Um, but I feel like overall. She does the job she needs to. She mm-hmm. fills the role that she does need to. And again, just kind of is the sort of cousin Eddie that we're used to yeah. at a lot of... Uh... But just like super judgmental too. Just like mm-hmm. half of her lines, at least in the beginning of the movie, are just like, you call this a turkey? This is more like my dickhole or whatever. <laughs> and it clogs my pops. Yeah. And Sarah's just trying to be like, okay, well, I put all this work into it. And she's yeah. like, well, this place looks like Martha Stewart shit Snoop Dogg all <laughs> over it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, Aaron's more on the side of, like, not a fan. I'm on the <laughs> side of, yeah, I enjoyed her there. Uh-huh. So, that that's that's where the lines are. <laughs> Mia, I just, like, I yeah. feel like I would have enjoyed all the antics and, and goofiness if it was just, like... I feel like I just tried a little too hard, you know what I mean? I, I agree, and that's kind of, like, what I talked about with, like, the comedy. I feel like the comedy is a little too out there and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't blend in well with the film like it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb it's not a little even really bit. that the jokes are aren't that funny or that like you know it's the it's like they it's like they did like 50 takes of all these and they just picked the most ridiculous one for each one and mm-hmm. it's like 
because they were yeah. just tired in the editing room and that was the one that was like oh yeah this is the funny one because i've heard all these 15 times and that was the one that they did the loudest so that must be the funny one but mm-hmm. it's like no there's probably a funnier cut of this movie you could make that where they delivered the lines a little different yeah. but no, I, I would definitely agree. And uh, one thing before we dive into the other aspects of the film, uh, we, we might as well talk about the uh, titular character mm-hmm. uh, itself, uh, Krampus. Krampus. Now, with Krampus, again, I know you kind of went in with like little to no, like you, you knew a little bit about Krampus, but not a mm-hmm. lot. But that being said, what did you think about Michael's interpretation of Krampus? Can I like describe Krampus? Because you don't really see all of them until later in the movie, mm-hmm. but... Um, I guess it's why I was expecting him to be like the goat version, you know, the full mm-hmm. like goat face and yeah. the hazel bub looking demon kind of Krampus. Um, but he was like a mix of like that and like Santa Claus. And mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think with just like with the comedy, I feel like a lot of the horror elements in this movie, they were kind of trying too hard and it just didn't, it had the opposite effect for me. Yes. Yeah, I I would totally agree with that because I feel like whenever I watched it the first time, I was not prepared for how over the top it was going Mm -hmm. to be there. And I feel like, you know, again, comparing it to Evil Dead 2 because I feel like that's a good comparison Mm -hmm. between the two. I feel like Evil Dead 2 got the balance just right. It was a perfect teeter-totter where they did have well-defined horror and well-defined a comedy. But I feel like... Krampus, it it starts to cramp a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it focuses a little too more on the comedy than horror, which isn't bad per se. I've right. seen it well done. It just, you know, whenever it tries to be scary, it just feels like you're kind of like you've been, it's not an even balance. Right, you've been numbed enough by the comedy that it's just not and scary. it tries to do a teeter totter effect as opposed to wrapping both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's what I'm trying to get at because. Right. As we'll talk about uh, later, because there's one film, uh, it's not going to be the next film, but it's, it's going to be soon because I just can't wait. I'm like <laughs> super excited about it. Um, there's one film, in my wholehearted opinion, does this uh, super duper well, mm-hmm. mixes uh, more so comedy with added flavor of horror. Yeah. But this one was weird. It couldn't decide if it wanted to be a comedy or a horror there. But that being said, I still enjoyed a lot of the comedic bits and the horror bits. Um, But that being said, I totally diverted off talking about uh, Krampus itself. Mm -hmm. So I was expecting the same thing as well. I was expecting that sort of more goat-shaped monster to be Krampus. But I got to be honest... I love the design of this Krampus here and what mm-hmm. they did and how they encapsulated that it is. He's he's more also akin to Santa and right. a mix of the goat thing. And I think, in my in my opinion, looking at the film, this is where Michael had the most fun making the film, is focusing on Krampus himself. Because yeah. you get a lot of buildup. And personally, the reveal of once you finally get to see him mm-hmm. is very well done. Getting there questionable we're going yeah. to dissect that later but the reveal itself i was like that's cool yeah yeah i, I do dig it i do i, I think mm-hmm. you know in retrospect having seen the this design the goat design mm-hmm. might have been a, a little bit of a, a cop-out almost to, to yeah because this one is his own little flair on it and i you know i can't say that i've seen you know somebody try to make a spooky Mm-mm. santa demon like that mm-hmm. so, i mean it's cool yeah no i i was a huge fan of it and i do I feel like because they tease 
like what Krampus looks like. Mm-hmm. They're good teases. Yeah. I will say these teases are very, uh, very solid, and I love the way that they tease it there. Mm-hmm. It's not just a simple, you know, you know, uh, trying to think it's not like the simple like you know jason like you just see the hands or anything Mm -hmm. they do have sort of moments like that but you do actually see like a silhouette or artistic interpretations of krampus Mm -hmm. leading up to the big reveal and it's one of the few reveals that i'm like wow that is a really good reveal. I really love the design of it. Yeah. And I love the nature of Krampus there. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing I do want to dive heavily into spoilers. Is talking about... <clears throat> I don't know what you would call it. But Krampus's sense of morality. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. very curious to see what you have to say about it later on. Because that was the one thing I was very uncertain about the first time I watched it. And so this second time around watching it. I was really trying to... Look, because I even tried to look at, like, video essays after I watched it to see what other people thought about it. Mm-hmm. And theirs were inconclusive. It didn't talk about bullet points I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But um, that being said, um, and we'll talk about it later because we won't spoil too much about the Krampus design. But, yeah, it's not the traditional sort of goat look. But in all honesty, I, I, I think that's just where Michael has fun. I mean, you look at Sam from Trick or Treat and that's just a solid design and feels mm-hmm. like it encapsulates the character well. Right. It's like he has a very good artistic sense for creating these holiday centralized characters and bringing them to life. And again, while I think Sam is again, like if I had to put them head to head, Sam is just the way more iconic and well perfect perfected design. Oh, yeah. I feel like Krampus is still a really good design and it's like my favorite character to see in this film mm-hmm. um but yeah so talking about that and i will lead into this because this is one thing that watching especially the second time round with the screen master uh screen factory uh 4k remaster they did mm-hmm. i love how much practical effects they used yeah. a lot of the time because again I'm a, I'm a true believer that practical effects for the most part will hold up indefinitely better than digital effects there. Yeah. And they did use digital effects in a film, but it was <clears throat> for things that it's like, yeah, I understand why you used it there. Right. But like, you know, Krampus himself, you know, it's not some CGI monster there. A lot of the time it's yeah. like a, you know, a big costumed design there. And a lot of the effects you see, like with like people being dragged through the snow and stuff like that. I, I cannot uh, applaud enough, personally. I just really enjoyed seeing it, how it was all accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I will say is um, Christmas film. How much would you say this is a Christmas film? Oh, I mean, it's, uh, I feel like it's 100% designed to be Christmas mm-hmm. film. I think they're trying to cash in on people watch this multiple times every Christmas or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you feel... Michael does capturing the idea of Christmas versus capturing the idea of Halloween and trick or treat. I, I mean, just the way he captured Halloween to me was just so much more, you know, endearing and, um, you know, uh, he, he had sort of the, the, the benefit of being able to tell multiple stories with that one and being able to capture all the different little aspects of Halloween this one for Christmas, I feel like he does do a good job of capturing like the holiday spirit generally, but also at the same time, it does feel 
um, a little bit like, yeah, like a kind of a, a, a spoof or, or writing off the coattails of, of, of a Christmas movie, of a Hallmark Christmas type movie or whatever. It even has a lot of the same gags and, oh, the dog did something, you know, kind <laughs> of stuff. So for me, it feels less like Christmas than it does like a Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Uh, I can see that. Um, I, I can see that because there's definitely... A lot of Christmas films versus Halloween-focused films. Right. And I feel like Trick or Treat was just way too perfect at capturing the sensation. As, yeah. And as we mentioned in our previous review, different aspects of Halloween from different age groups. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, like it does focus on a lot of stuff of Christmas. Because, again, one thing I will want to mention is the opening scene. I, I thought it, it like you we've seen this scene a lot of times because it focuses on the manic shopping that goes on during like Black Friday Christmas deals. Mm -hmm. And um, again, it's it's this is nothing new, but I feel like the way they do it again kind of helps set the tone and idea yeah, and feeling of the yeah. film. And what's great is they don't make it like a big spectacle or anything. It's like something that happens while they're rolling the intro credits, yeah. which I think is well done because they could have easily just built up the thing like, oh yeah, we got to go shopping for Christmas. But again, it mm -hmm. just is a whole bunch of chaos that goes on in the background as they play Christmas music. Again, nothing groundbreaking or new, but the way it was executed and all the extras acted so manic. Yeah was super well done and here here's the interesting thing so they have the um big you know comedic style of them trampling over each other mm -hmm. you know there's even one point where one of the employees falls off the ladder backwards it's like yeah. a big comedic thing but one small detail that i liked a ton is they focused on the checkout process and again from what i've seen a lot of the like shopping movies is again like the most outlandish responses from customers there mm -hmm. but there's like that moment where the employee is completely dead inside checking out items and the customers as well are just dead inside as they're <laughs> uh, buying items again this should be a time where you're getting joy is buying gifts and everything mm -hmm. and i feel like because they explicitly took a moment to be like no let's just show what it's really like you know mm -hmm. in some aspects while adding a lot of the comedic you know just craziness of shopping i felt like that was a really good strong intro yeah i, I think yeah. michael dotry is really good at intros <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely it was super you know goofy and over the top but i feel like that was the place for it you know what i mean is the, the mm -hmm. slow motion you know, knocking people mm -hmm. out of the way you know it, it definitely did you're right set the tone for the rest of the movie like this is gonna be a goofy movie about christmas um but mm -hmm. also people are yeah. gonna die they didn't put that part mm -hmm. in but you know. and that was also the good moment because it shows like you know max and the bully like fighting each other and mm -hmm. again it's going on in the background you know what's happening so that way whenever the story starts you already have that context of like why you got to get in fights with people right uh so that that's one thing i do want to applaud whenever it nails down certain aspects of christmas i feel like michael does a good job it's just not as good of a job yeah. there but i do think whenever it comes to the motives and idea of krampus they don't get to focus on it quite as much mm -hmm. and that's and that's and that's the interesting thing because again you talk we talked about how in trick-or-treat 
there's no uh, you you even said it yourself where there's like oh that's sam he's the spirit of halloween right sort of thing and you really like that that they were able to build up this character without saying a single thing about him really mm-hmm. um whereas opposed to krampus they do need a little bit of exposition but it does play more into the you've seen this in every film the the one person who's very wary is like oh i warned you right. about good old krampus <laughs> i know what's going on actually this whole time let me tell you now mm-hmm. um so i i feel like um that that's actually good solid points uh that you've brought up previously that are applicable to now yeah. there um Aside from that, is there any other bullet points you wanted to hit before diving into the nitty-gritty of the film? Um, I don't think so. I guess we can talk about, you know, like the environment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music, just quickly. The music is all like old Christmassy songs, mm-hmm. which conveniently um, copyright-free um, but mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah definitely no modern songs which again i think it's a good idea mm-hmm. you know for longevity because those films have been around for decades already mm-hmm. and they're not going away anytime soon uh as opposed to modern pop hits right. or anything like that i do also feel like a lot of the times the music is kind of well placed there uh, a yeah. bit at some moments there it is definitely on the nose it's like you get it it is you get it right but again i feel like if you're going to play music you might as well go that route right there to add to it but one one thing i will say that we've talked about i think the house is interesting enough and the neighborhood surrounded by snow and everything it's interesting yeah. enough to where because you spend a lot of time inside the house mm-hmm. and you don't really get bored it just feels like a legitimate house that's been lived in and so right. uh, especially because they spend a lot of time and you know there's a power outage and everything yeah. um you spend a lot of time there and i feel like yep it, it's genuine although there is a question of where they found so much wood yeah they board up all the windows and there's this just no wood and there's even like a little bit of a plot point of like you can't run out of wood for the fire and it's like well it's all on the windows so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but, um, um no yeah i think i think the i think the concept of being like trapped in a blizzard is is a good horror environment but i really feel like it didn't really make much that much scarier and i also i mean the house was fine um, but it's definitely far from like iconic. You can think of other oh, places where yeah. you're, you're trapped and you know, even, even, even evil dead too. I don't think people just talk about the cabin all the time, but like at the same time, like I can still visualize the inside of the cabin. Whereas this one is just like, yep, that is a middle-class family home. <laughs> you, you know what? That's a fair point. Yeah. You know, even though I do think the house is good, it's not as good as we've seen in right. any horror place it's not I, camp crystal lake it's mm-hmm. not nancy's house for nightmare on elm street I, it's not uh laurie's house or michael byer's house right it's it's just okay enough and i feel like the the how you make that into an iconic thing how you how you really solidify the scene as a mm-hmm. place instead of just like this is where stuff's happening but like as an active element of the story is like you know you think of like evil dead too he runs out to the shop and he goes he, he goes from the kitchen where he's fighting the hand into here like like they move from scene to scene from from room to room and they're actively using parts i mean i can think of the whole time when he's like fighting mm-hmm. his hand in the kitchen and like it's the, the the that kitchen is part of the scene it's impacting it whereas in this movie with the exception of like 
one the you know the the kind of around a chimney most of the time there's not really a lot of parts where mm-hmm. there i mean there are some i can't like spoil them now but for the most part even when conflict is happening like the location that they're in doesn't play that big of a role um that's yeah. fair uh, yeah. I guess we can dive more into details of mm-hmm. where it does play a big role, and I'll give it props for that yeah. um, you know, whenever we're in spoilers. But, yeah, for the most part, it's like, this is a house they're in, and uh, the, the bad guy's outside, you know. It's not even like Home Alone, where it's like, okay, he's literally using the house to, like, roll marbles <laughs> down the stairs and shit. <laughs> and it's like, like the, the house becomes part of the character. Um, yeah. And it's... If you're not like using the scene for for your benefit, they mm-hmm. they do a good job when they have to go in the snow and the, obviously the snow. Mm-hmm. There's even like a little monster in the snow at some point. Then I think that's great. That's fantastic because they're using the environment around them as part of the conflict, as mm-hmm. part of the you know. But uh, for the most part, it's just kind of like day in the house. <laughs> I think you I think you had honestly a lot of solid points there that mm-hmm. I can't uh, refute. I'm just glad, uh, fortunately. It's not the most boring environment because no, if no. the environment was boring, then it would definitely hinder the film a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so I, I, I think we've pretty much run down to the line where we're about to talk about spoilers. So how's about you give the audience your general rating and final thoughts? Okay. Hey, well, you know, I just like to remind everybody whenever I'm about to give a kind of stinky rating that five is average, right? Mm-hmm. Ten would be perfect. Um, so this movie, you know, also I like to remind people that it's not necessarily based off of my personal enjoyment of the movie, just like where I think the quality of a film is. Um, so we kind of discussed a lot of the things that I don't mm-hmm. really like about this already. We've kind of gone into the details um, I'll be happy to go into the details of some of the things I appreciated more in spoilers because I feel like a lot of those are pretty specific interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie, I get that it's supposed to be goofy. I get that it's not trying to be an Oscar-winning movie. You know what I mean? Um, and even for what it's trying to be, I feel like it kind of misses the mark a little bit. Um, and especially seeing what this director could do before, it's a little bit of a disappointment for me. Um, so I'm giving this film a... A spicy 2.5 out of 10. <laughs> this is hey, this is one fourth of a person. You can collect the other three fourths and get there. But um, yeah, again, five, five is average. So this is half of average for me. But, uh, Wowza! Uh, it's not. It's not a great film. I don't think anything that it does. It's it does better than another film. I don't think you know even even the depiction of Krampus is like not my favorite it's not Mm -hmm. um it doesn't do a good job being a comedy for me and it doesn't do a good job being a horror movie for me so uh yeah i gotta i gotta kind of rate it pretty low but there are there are some shining moments that bump it up um it probably would have been like a three but adam scott's in it so it's a a 2.5 but well i i think that might be the lowest rated film you've reviewed so far i think yeah i was i was considering a three but i was like no i I would rather not watch this movie over like uh this the saint valentine's day movie which is i think i gave a three yeah yeah my bloody valentine Valentine, yeah yes well i would probably rather rewatch that one than this one so that's a three (laughs) this is a 2.5 that's fair because at at the very least there's some like very unintentionally silly moments yeah and my bloody valentine so and at least there's like yeah it's a little more interesting 
setting lines and you know even even some of the, mm-hmm. the you know conflicts and plots make it a little more interesting this was pretty straightforward and and then like if you're doing something like it's like a straight shot i feel like you really gotta nail it mm-hmm. and this was pretty far off the mark for me but yeah yeah well <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while it's it's been a while been a, yes I, we've been watching too many good movies you guys forgot that sometimes i don't like a movie but no that's that's perfectly fine and again that's that's my whole thing that I, for the most part i've been choosing films i'm like this will be a good one for yeah. a podcast they are throwing in um so on my side of the spectrum mm-hmm. i was kind of on the same boat that you not 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 that far deep that it, far. It, like without without giving the number away it's not a 2.5 or a 3 there yeah. <laughs> um first time i watched it because again i had sort of the same anticipation i had as a thing of like oh yeah people really like krampus and everything mm-hmm. and i go in and i watched it and it was underwhelming because, again, I'm, like, waiting for Krampus and I'm just, like, come on. Give me Krampy. Come on, you son of a bitch. You know, uh, I was waiting for the Krampus there. And, again, a lot of the faults kind of hit me in the face mm-hmm. there a bit. It was like, whoa, this, whoa, that. And um, watching it the first time, I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I do have questions. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was fine. But... You know, that was, like, last year, and so this year, whenever I came to watching it, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's watch it. And so, because I was prepared for its faults, um, I kind of went in with lower expectations, kind of like I did with the thing where I'm just like, okay, you know, it's not going to be the greatest thing. Kind of go in, not with a fresh new set of eyes, but just, I was ready for the dodgings. So mm-hmm. that way, the flaws didn't hit me in the face. And because of that, I was able to focus on a lot of aspects that I did enjoy. Again, some of the nuanced moments that are done well. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a lot of times, especially with your boy Adam Scott, where they try to have those nuanced moments and it kind of kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. De- definitely just a, you know, deflates, kind of sucks. But whenever it came to the moments that I did like the first time around, it was just kind of like, ah, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is good this is good right here, and I was able to appreciate it. But when comparing it to the echelon of horror films that it is, mm-hmm. I, I think while I don't feel like to the extent of what you said, I'm like 100% agree, you, you hit a good note. It's not good at a horror and not good at a comedy. Mm-hmm. And while I don't feel that lowly about it, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't blend the well, too well together, per se. Um, especially because one thing I will say that is very offsetting is the stock cartoon effects they use yeah. and it comes sparingly. Right. So it's always a big surprise whenever they do it. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll talk about it probably more in spoilers, but it's definitely like, did they just seriously play that sound effect right. there? It sounds like a YouTube reviewer sound yeah. effect. Um, but that being said, I think there's a lot to appreciate with this film still um i love the depiction of krampus i know aaron's not a big fan i'm a fan of it and just how he could have easily just done the goat thing Mm. but again just decides to try something new and interesting and um i really like that aspect i love the build-up to krampus i love the snow um i will say uh allison tolman i think i said her name correctly um i just enjoy seeing her in the film um, and again, 
could pretty much is biased because I I love her in Fargo, but mm-hmm. she she like like Aaron said, uh, she's pretty much the best actress yeah. I would say, and so does a good job there. And with that in mind, I would probably rate this a good solid six. I. I had considered going up to a seven there, but again, kind of focusing on some of the flaws there, it's, I, I just can't, I can't in good conscience, uh, go up that far there. So I'd rate mm-hmm. it like a six. So double of what you have there. Yeah. I think it's a great film for nogging up with your friends. Like Aaron and I broke out some eggnog there, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it heightened your enjoyment or worsened your enjoyment. Oh no, that, that probably what maybe give it at least a 2.5 and not just a two <laughs> I, I, I think and the other thing that i do think is kind of nifty about it is i feel like this is definitely a, a horror entry mm-hmm. thing like you know if there's someone who's really nervous about horror and stuff i feel like this is a pretty good entry horror level film oh yeah it's not really you know scary and i mean at all. yes yes well <laughs> Yes, that's that's a flat (laughs) flat moment there. There's not a lot of if you have like you know a loved one friend that's very nervous about horror. This is not going to scare them, I don't think. So it'll it's kind of whether the quality, it's still a good stepping stone, I would say, into horror of like getting used to sort of like the kind of spooks and scares Uh that it delivers. So yeah, I, I I give it a solid six very solid six in my opinion there but again um like i've mentioned before i kind of take it out of enjoyment and in all honesty just drinking eggnog kicking back with the christmas tree on hanging out with aaron it just it just really helps sell the christmas spirit there like whether it's the best christmas film yeah to be determined but it was just fun it was fun and it just made me really appreciate the holiday which again as they kind of mentioned this film kind of gets lost especially as you get older but yeah so that's our reviews uh let our thoughts kind of be the determinant on whether you want to watch it or not if you do definitely best time to watch it is with friends during christmas drinking eggnog there it's just I would say that's probably the best time of year to watch it yeah. if you're going to watch it any time. If, you, if you're going to watch it. Yes. So uh, let that be determinant of whether you watch it. And without further ado, let's dive into some of the nitty gritty of stuff, whether you really disliked it or actually kind of enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, we, we want to just like spoil something? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. Probably the scariest moment in the film is actually when you first see Krampus. You go, mm-hmm. and he's kind of he's hooded and he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Dude, that was so good. I, yeah, I thought it was a little, little corny because she just mm-hmm. like started running in the direction he was jumping in. Absolutely, and, and she was like jumping and he was jumping ahead of her. So like, why is she running towards him? I don't. And then she just finds a car and like decides to hide under it. It was just a little too like. And then you gotta get here and go under the car. But once she was finally there. And then, like, you see Krampus stomping around the car mm-hmm. and everything. It's a little tense. And then it's like, oh, surely he knows she's there because she just kind of, like, ducked under a car. Like, mm-hmm. I was expecting him to, like, jump on the car and just crush her. But <laughs> it kind of reveals a little bit of his personality because he leaves this, like, little jack-in-the-box thing behind that just, like, terrorizes her. And I thought she just died. But then, like, you know, they go looking for her later and it turns out she's just being terrorized by him i guess for a while in the blizzard but 
Yeah, that that's very confusing on a timeline level because mm -hmm. watching it the second time round, because what happens is uh, Beth goes out because she's like, I want to see my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, you know, it's just down the street, should be fine. Goes down, is missing. And so then uh, Adam Scott and uh, Howie mm -hmm. decide to go out and uh, look for her. And pretty much we've already pre we had already shown well before she left that something happened because uh, Krampus drops that jack-in-the-box, which I do have to mention one thing. This is one thing I get excited about. Again, I feel like this is one of the most well-teased monsters because a lot of times when films try to tease something, mm -hmm. it feels like a cop-out. It, right. it feels it like they feels blew like balls you. Yeah. But I feel like you get to experience Krampus without actually getting to see the monster because, again, seeing the hooves step down and hearing the bells jingle, mm -hmm. it is such well designed oh, yeah. and then and, later on when they're trying to like keep stuff out you can hear him stomping on the roof mm -hmm. and like all the noises that come with him and yeah. his little pals and stuff yeah because th that that's one of the things surprisingly um because this is actually kind of related um michael dotry i don't he didn't direct the first godzilla film with brian cranston mm -hmm. but that was one of my biggest issues with it mm -hmm. was they were teasing the reveal of godzilla like oh don't worry He's going to be here. Get ready for this Godzilla action. And then they just blue ball you. They close the door, cut away. They do something. And it's like, the film is called Godzilla. Show me the Godzilla. Yeah. Um. So I feel like being able to tease it while also not feeling like you don't get to see Krampus. Because mm -hmm. they could have easily made it just so not interesting. And then mm. once you get to... Because that's the thing. Once Krampus reveals himself later you're almost to the end of the movie yeah. there, which again, I feel like it's well done because again, the teasing's well, like I love, that's the thing about his design. The silhouette of him is just so iconic because right. you see this big lurched over figure with these horns there. And again, whenever you hear him running as stupid and cheesy as it is, it's a cool shot seeing the girl run and then just Krampus in the background and you see him jump and land on the roofs. Mm -hmm. Stupid, but cool. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, uh, it's like Sonic the Hedgehog, stupid but cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but it makes sense because he has this big furry furry coat on or whatever with the hood up because it's a fucking blizzard outside. Mm -hmm. So of course he does. But so it doesn't feel like he's just hiding himself. I feel like a lot of times when monsters have big cloaks on or whatever, it's like mm -hmm. you being a pussy, show me the monster. But like this time, it makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I love how ancient he feels mm -hmm. there, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Uh, but I love. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I love Sam a lot, but there's a lot I do love about Krampus himself and watching it a second time round. It just made it, again, super enjoyable now that I knew kind of where the weak points were. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I do love that he drops the jack in the box and that you don't see what happens. All you mm -hmm. know is you see like this little thing go. And I, I noticed you were laughing during that point. I was curious yeah. as to what caused the laughter, if it was good, like. That... I thought she died, and I was like, that's the kill scene? Like, that's... You just see a little, like, and then just scream, and then she's dead. I was like, that's the first kill of the movie. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is going downhill. I wanted to see Krampus mm -hmm. cut somebody in half or some shit. Yeah, yeah, because that's the interesting thing, is Krampus himself doesn't really do a lot of the killing there, yeah. which I, I have to say... I really like that aspect a lot because especially with the films that are coming out now, it's like, what if Winnie the Pooh was a slasher? What right. if the Grinch was a slasher? And it's just like them just doing gory stuff that 
you know, again, this film is PG-13 and it feels like a PG-13 horror film mm-hmm. there. Um, but I do love the way he goes about, you know, eliminating his uh, prey I, there. I can get behind that. It's a little odd. Because the lore of Krampus is that Krampus himself beats children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, in this version of Krampus, is just like he has little toys mm-hmm. and elves and spirits and things that yeah torment or kill them which is definitely not part of the mythos but Mm -hmm. there is other stuff of like you know he'll either beat you with a switch or he'll take you in a sack and again take you to hell basically right which is why again a lot of people have the context of oh he's the devil it's like Mm -hmm. no no he's just punishing but i would have loved to see that i never saw krampus stuff a kid in a bag and just run off you know what i mean yeah you you only get to see sort of some things like that but it's Mm -hmm. never to that extent and again you don't really get that reveal till the very end of the film which again if you're going to do it that i mean that that's the time to do it i suppose but um yeah going back to the timeline of whenever beth is attacked by that jack-in-a-box underneath the car and again you see like adam scott and howie running out and they hear that scream it seems like the scene with beth took place whenever she's running and i guess adam scott and howie are out but the timeline doesn't make sense it's either that or again they're purposely making that sound to drag them away there because that's one of the goofy established things that's established is Mm -hmm. the jack-in-a-box swallowed beth and is able to mimic its voice kind of just saying yeah because um and that's that's one of the interesting things, but confusing things, I will say. Is it the maybe? Is it the, the Jack in the Box that's burrowed under the snow? Is that what that is? I don't know because they don't ever really show what's there. So I'm not. I'm assuming it's something different because well, it's very slow moving. I thought moving. it was different, but uh, yeah, they specifically never show what's in the snow. Right. Which again, it's cool because. Um, I mean, I, I say it's cool. I think it's also kind of a cop-out. You never see what it is there. Mm-hmm. It's just basically like that Bugs Bunny kind of mound mm-hmm. going through the snow. But it does lead to cool snow effects again, like seeing like how we get like bit and dragged. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, clearly they had a lot of fun with that effect, given um, a lot of the cast is taken out that way. They're just like... Right. <laughs> I and again, it it's well of, done effect, but I thought it was kind of dumb that by the end of the movie, they're like, "We still have all these people left. I guess they're just all gonna stand in the snow and get eaten." Yeah, that was pretty lame. Five people. Died. I, I I agree with that. It's definitely a lame way to go out. It's just effective, like especially because. Oh no, we only have ten minutes left in the film. <laughs> kill these people really quick. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of because they're all running like, and this is skipping hand, I know a little bit, but they're all running mm-hmm. to the snowplow and like. You know, Adam's like, stay there. I'll you'll keep running to the plow. I'll fend him off, and he just shoots a bunch in the snow, and then he gets eaten. Like they gave him a stupid hero's death, and he doesn't even fucking do anything because then it just goes and kills the other. I ones. agree. That that but, was stupid, lame, and forced. Yeah, and then it kills the ant, and it's just just like they elongate her death, and it's like whatever. You're pretending to writhe around in the snow. Cool. And then and then they do the same thing with the mom, but like the mom, that one was like. Jesus, people get mad about the Titanic door. Why don't you get mad about that? You could just hop onto the snowplow and she just stood there for like a minute and was like, kids, I'm going to stand here and look sad and cry. Go on without yeah. me. There's no room for me to just walk up the little step here. And then she just, just sucked in and it was just like, come on. Come on, I, come on. I, I, I agree with that. The only key thing is that as soon as uh, Allison's character is sucked into the snow and she like gets... Uh, 
the the daughter into the uh, vehicle. There's like a sound of like the chomp mm-hmm. there, but uh, again, it's it is kind of silly, like how she is and immediately dragged away. That it gives enough scream time to be like, I love you. And um, she just slurped into the ground. I just feel like they were like they made all of the kills from the monster that you can't mm-hmm. even see. It's just a little burrow in the snow. I really liked it the first time you saw it when they were mm-hmm. out there when they were hunting for Beth or whatever. I really liked it then, and then they just kept bringing it back, and I was like, that's not as interesting as the other monsters. I agree. I, I agree. I think like it's one of those tricks that's like wow works well the first time, and then you keep seeing that same trick later on, and you're like, okay, I feel like yeah. what do we do? Right. Uh, so I definitely agree that. At the very least, show what the monster is, mm-hmm. but and there were more nah. interesting monsters that they brought back, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing them every time, like the elves. They, even though they didn't add in the mm-hmm. elves until the end of the movie, and I thought their introduction was really corny because the German grandma was like, "Yes," the and then they break through the window. That, that was so fucking stupid. But the elves themselves were cool. They were like little demon, like, yeah, and they mm-hmm. weren't like actually trying to kill anybody. They're just like tormenting little Krampus demon things. And that was that was mm-hmm. cool. I like that. You could add conflict in with the story with mm-hmm. them because they caused trouble and they extinguished the fire and everything. But they're not actually going to kill you. They're there. That's for Krampus. Yeah. And can can I and mention something interesting? The first time mm-hmm. I watched this film. I hated the elves. I, I, I just like, this is stupid. But because I was prepared for the stupidity, because again, whenever there's hints of them at the beginning, because mm-hmm. one of the things you see is they build a lot of snowmen. Yeah. Which I thought the snowmen were going to lead up to something, but no. nope, it's just a scare tactic mm-hmm. there, which again, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. There. Like whether I would have liked for the, like the snowmen to come alive. They could have been like another fret, but again, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of creative stuff you could do, again, with Killer Snowman. I feel like that concept could have just been executed better, because like, uh-huh. as soon as the storm hits, he looks outside and he's like, there's a snowman, and it's just obviously like a snowman. They might as well have just wrote, like, I'm going to kill and rape your whole family oh, on the snowman. Oh and so it's like obviously a menacing thing that's staring into their windows, and the whole family comes over, they're just like, oh, neat. Fuck you, Max. Yeah, it's so out of left field. Like they said, I didn't build that, and then they just move on to another subject. You wouldn't be like a little worried that there's like a snowman like three feet from your that's door. That's very like weirdly built. Yeah, it's like it has like tatters of clothes on it. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's obviously a menacing thing, but they're just like, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I feel like if that popped up, like you know, after Beth had been missing for an hour or something and they like go to open the door and there's just a snowman there or something, then it would have been creepy. And then, and then like they start realizing they're in trouble whenever there's like another one right next to the window mm-hmm. or something or and then he starts popping up. And it's like one of those things that if they just executed it, it could have been scary, but it was just fucking goofy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And uh, to hit to the point about the elves, like whenever they moved back and forth, I, mm-hmm. this second time around, I was like, man, I forgot about these. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, once it's revealed, because, you know, again, Grandmama's like, elves, and they pop through <laughs> the window there. I do like it because, again, it feels like they're hearkening back to the pagan kind of ritualistic right. ways of Krampus, which I think is a nifty idea because, again, mm-hmm. they're like dressed up as these scary monsters. And I don't know if you know about this. There's a lot of festivals celebrating Krampus where people dress up as Krampus, and yeah, you know they're those, like, yeah, yeah, yeah the scare so, children and stuff. Yeah, but they don't actually like hurt them. So right. I felt like you know that was kind of like an acknowledgement or nod to that. And so for them being henchmen as elves, the first time I was like, this is a stupid cop out. Second time I'm like, 
you know what? I'm actually okay with this. Mm -hmm. Especially with how cartoony a lot of the other Mm -hmm. monsters are. Because I will say, the uh, Jack in a Box, I felt like, was pretty silly, but also pretty terrifying. Um, But that's here's the interesting thing that I just started thinking about. Mm -hmm. Because they have that whole scene whenever um, someone knocks at the door whenever the blizzard first starts. Which, again... um, thinking about it like after max tears up the letter and it flies up to the moon and it causes mm-hmm. the blizzard definitely cheesy how quickly that happens but it's a cool power effect just like oh whenever krampus comes there's like a heavy winter that blows in and mm-hmm. like basically locks them down right um but uh the dhl driver coming in dropping off the package there and then um i also told his character being like uh did you bring that as well and it's just like no no that's it's been here and stuff and they're like okay i guess this is just another package to bring in mm-hmm. they bring it in and as it's revealed later whenever the tree's on fire and they take some of the presents upstairs to rewrap them mm-hmm. that some of the presents are krampuses yeah. which is perfectly fine the only thing i have a question with is how in the world did the jack-in-a-box get from outside to the house unless it's an entirely different jack-in-a-box but if that's the same point because whenever the two sisters go upstairs, mm-hmm. they hear Beth's voice there, just like a distorted Beth's voice there, right. even though we clearly know that's not Beth. Yeah. Um, did the jack-in-the-box somehow get into the magical sack magically there? I'm just wondering. I don't know. That's just one of many blood holes. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I came to the... I was like, well, is that the thing that's brewing under the snow? Mm-hmm. Because... That would make sense that it would eat Beth and then get under the snow and do the little mimic mm-hmm. thing so that they ran outside and then attack mm-hmm. Coward, you know what I mean? And then maybe go out to the house and get up in the basement. And it does kind of escape by the end because it gets mm-hmm. wrapped up in the chains oh and Howard my. jumps onto it because they needed to kill Howard somehow, I guess. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so he, they pull that out into the snow and then uh-huh. he's back in the snow. So like maybe, it's, maybe he is the snow worm. Yeah, it's just... But I don't know. Who, yeah, it's just very unclear on what's what. Um, but I will say it was unnerving first time round watching um, that Jack in a Box, you know, because the big reveal, because you know something happened upstairs because you hear a commotion and everything. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the parents are like, okay, we're going to go investigate that. And then uh, Howie's like hanging out in the kitchen, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to the reveal, like they're looking around, they're like, do we see anything or whatever? And then they have like the Jack in a box. You see the box and it just leads to this huge, massive. And again, it's all practical effects. So yeah. that is major applause from me. Um, and just this Jack in a box eating one of the sisters there and you see the legs and a boots go through. Mm-hmm. And again, it is a little unnerving seeing that like almost predator like face, just eating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Then you see the rest of the monsters, which don't, they don't feel like they should be toys. Krampus has, they look like two Tim Burton, yeah. Jonan Vasquez style in my humble opinion. Cause you get that teddy bear, that again just has like all the teeth and the big eyes and uh-huh. everything. It just doesn't, it it feels out of place. I feel like there's a lot of creatures like again, elves fit in, uh, Jack in a Box barely fits in because it looks like one of those more archaic toys. Mm-hmm. Teddy bear looks way too modern mm-hmm. to be a monster there. Um, I don't know what the hell that angel thing was things. at. That yeah. was just weird. And then you have like this robotic killer monkey. Yeah. there it just it feels it feels out of place mm-hmm. i feel like they're just designed they're like that's cool let's just throw it in 
they seem fairly like not uninspired you know what i mean yes they're kind of derivative derivative is the perfect word like you've seen these designs before yeah and it just it for me it doesn't mesh well with the krampus aesthetic they're trying to establish mm-hmm. um and again it's just it's again like trying to it's like doing the evil dead where it's just both kind of absurdist with how it is because even whenever the angel starts attacking um mm-hmm. tony collette's character you see like this like little serpent tongue going like yeah it just like i don't know i just didn't buy it and it just kind of took uh, yeah. me out of it i 100 percent agree there i think i feel like where like evil dead succeeds even it's the first evil dead not mm-hmm. even necessarily the second one but where it's like the the evil spirits or whatever were like obviously mischievous but they were also like dangerous mm-hmm. and you know so like it, it was it was scary but you get that they're like laughing and torturing you at the same time i didn't feel like these guys were like torturing them that's why i kind of like the elves because they were actually kind of torturing them the yeah. rest were just like i'm trying to eat you really slowly and like i'm trying to like i have an angel that's trying to stab you in the face but i'm really bad at yeah. it because you're just screaming for an hour here <laughs> it's like it's just like well, it's just like whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah, it's I, just and like and like the gingerbread men are the worst for me because <laughs> they're yeah. gingerbread men and they're like, you know, I I actually liked the nail gun part because that were, was pretty good because they were like they were using the environment they were like they they found this nail gun and they're shooting it and he uses like the kitchen stove board or whatever to deflect the nails. Mm-hmm. I liked that, and then and then it just got real corny when they're like, "All right, well now they're gonna try to stand." And then every other every time, like the the even on the hook where it grabs Howie Junior or whatever, just all the times that he's using these gingerbread man was just more goofy than anything else to me, and like not in a great way. Mm-hmm. It was like the Shrek gingerbread man. Like. Yes, <laughs> it it was very cartoony. Yeah. And it's just like okay, like I, that's one of those things that like in concept would be. I could see why you'd be like, oh, this would be kind of like silly and fun, and you know, and but then in the movie, it's just like just kind of grown worthy. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you, you, you pretty much hit it right on the head there. Because even though I don't mind it, it's like, yeah, 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 I can't refute that. <laughs> um, even I, I. I love how stupid it is it's whenever stupid. they get rid of Howie Jr. there. Because, yeah. again, the fire's out there, and that just invites the creatures to kind of sneak in. And, you know, they draw the chain there, mm-hmm. and then they have the gingerbread there, and they're just like, oh, yeah, this fat kid's going to smell the gingerbread. That's why I'm saying he's literally Augustus Gloop. He's just like, I eat. That's my fucking personality. <laughs> and, oh, and, I ate a monster, and it dragged uh, me up to die. I will say the gingerbread looked delicious. Like, whenever he bit into it, it was like mm-hmm. the soft, crunchy. This. It did look really good. Um, but it was just so absurd with the CG, like, wrapping the chain around so quickly, mm-hmm. giving the whistle, and just... Yeah, and especially, like... At this he even point, gets sucked so... up a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Except okay, it's a okay, chimney. Uh, he's, it's literally... Yeah, it's just... At this point in the movie, the whole family knows that they're under attack, too. And so mm-hmm. for this kid to be that fucking stupid, to just, like, wake up and be like, oh, there's a metal chain with a hook on it. He's, he's literally Patrick Star when he sees the hook, and he's just like, "I'm gonna put this in my mouth." Like, it's like how cartoonish this movie is. Oh my god! Um, and, and that's also followed with like something that uh, 
you did like the annoyed laugh i think whenever it's again like you know we need to take shifts like watching and how he's like yeah let, let me take the first shift here you know shepherd's oh, got to watch his flock and then, and then it falls asleep it's like the most obvious gag you could write <laughs> um but yeah so that that's definitely goofy there um i do I like the idea of what they were going for, but watching it a second time round, whenever I was expecting, like, oh, yeah, this is the part where this happens, mm-hmm. I was a little underwhelmed by, and it's the fact that whenever, uh, you know, Allison Tolman sees, like, her daughter still alive and there's a chance to save her, she just goes, like, full mama rage mm-hmm. there, and so she's, like, you know, fuck this, going through, and, you know, she's able to take things out. And whenever she screams at, like, the Jack in a Box. And I do like this delivery. Again, major applause to Allison Tolman for delivering mm-hmm. the line where she's struggling to even say a curse word because it's not in her nature. Mm-hmm. But she just feels it right then and there to try to take it out. I felt like, idea-wise, it's good. And I feel like, again, Allison's giving it salt. But it's something in the editing or, like, script writing there where it felt like, yeah. Like, it just felt like they were trying to go for this big moment, but it just comes up a little bit short. And again, I don't feel like it's the actress's fault. Right. It's just both editing and writing-wise. Well, like, that's one of those mm-hmm. moments, and there are so many of these moments in the film, where the main characters hesitate to just just so that the bad guys can win. Like, there's no other reason. Mm-hmm. She's She, like, has to stand there and deliver a line just so that she, she can go miss her axe yeah. swing, you know what I mean? And that happens so many times where they see a monster and, you know, fucking Adam Scott points a gun at it and then it has to just, like, look at it for a second and it's like, oh, wow, that's really scary and it's fucking eating one of my children. I guess I should shoot it. Oh, but then another monster attacks me. <laughs> ah! You know, it's like he has, like, ten seconds to shoot this monster. And it's not just it's not just because he's a pussy or something because he, he shot the monster earlier in the film with no hesitation. But mm-hmm. the same thing happens with Howard when he's like, oh, gingerbread man, whoa, whoa. I gotta wait for them to attack me so the so we can have this goofy scene before I shoot them. And it's like you can only have so many of those before I'm like, how fucking stupid are these people? Where they're like, we have guns with bullets that defeat these things, and I'm gonna point it at it, but I'm not gonna pull the trigger yet for some reason. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, God, that just reminds me of the earlier scene whenever he gets like the pistol and he's like, man, this thing is heavy, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. It's Linda's. <laughs> Again, as as little developed as Howie's character is, I mm-hmm. feel like uh, the actor, David, just has fun with it. Right. He's just being himself. And I liked Howie mm-hmm. as soon as they got in the Hummer. That's when I started to like Howie. Mm-hmm. And then I started to hate him again when they got back to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has a moment there, and it's really dumb and silly. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, speaking of dumb and silly, how about that scene whenever Max just says, yeah, go get him, boy, in the dog vent, and the dog goes through the vent to fight this huge, giant jack-in-a-box. Who will win? Vertically, somehow. I don't know how the dog got up in the vent and then it crashed through the ceiling. Magically, I'm sure. (laughs) um... Rosie the bulldog is magic. Yeah. It's it's just, it's definitely kind of goofy and poorly delivered. Um yeah but yeah oh speaking of the dog how they defeat the gingerbread i feel like is a little bit of a cop-out because i i will i don't know how you felt again i thought the nail gun was fun 
and I thought whenever he hits the lantern and the gingerbread are just screaming mm -hmm. for a long freaking time, longer than what I thought it was going to be, them just going, ah, ah, and the other gingerbread's like trying to pat the other one out. That was funny. Yeah. I'll yeah. give it that. Yeah, but the way it's defeated is a little cheesy again because oh, yeah. it cuts away to where he's like, oh no, I'm going to get stabbed by candy cane, whoa, and then like you hear like a... And then it's like the dog eating it. It's like, oh yeah, good girl, you know. And they didn't even bother to like do some effect where the gingerbread man is actually getting eating. They just show no. The dog, it's like, just a chewing. cutaway. It's just cutting to a dog chewing like a separate dog treat. Yeah, like and it's just like okay. Yeah, you but show I, him, like, I'm, I'm glad we... gingerbread man. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. That that would have been funny, and I wish yeah. they would have done it as opposed to just the dog just finished. Eating what would be extra funny is if he like ripped it in half and like all this icing's coming out of him or something. Yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> you know, yeah, if you're I gonna felt have like these goofy little characters, like you know, like milk it, you know. And yeah, they, they don't. And I, I think because they focused on, it's like one of those things where if they had just shown it for a second, them being on fire, it wouldn't have been as funny. But they focus on such a long time, mm -hmm. and you just see them. Mm -hmm. going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That way, like, where they're, like, in distress or fighting is funny. Or, like, where they're shooting the nail gun. And they're yeah, they're just, the like, slapping it with their little... That's funny. Mm-hmm. Every other part where the gingerbread men are a part of it, including the weird claymation part or whatever, the weirdly animated part, it was all just too goofy for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of animated, yeah. um, one thing that I do like about this film, again... Not sure about the execution leading up to it whenever mm. the grandma finally reveals who's yeah. been causing all of this and that it's uh, Krampus. I do like how they tell the story in a stop motion sort of style. Mm -hmm. And I do like the idea of the backstory that kind of leads up to it. And again, kind of gives you a hint of the morals of Krampus mm -hmm. there and the fact that, again... Her whole thing is the fact that she tried to get bread for her family. And, of course, it's, like, an impoverished time. And, again, the parents send the girl out because, again, the girl's more likely to get food than other people. But other people take it. And then the parents are just clearly hateful and upset. Too much to a stereotypical thing. But that's mm -hmm. beside the point, just trying to tell a story. But I do like how it looks almost stop-motion-esque. Yeah. And whenever it shows the reveal of Krampus, you just see a silhouette in the hallway. You never right. see like an animated thing. And again, you just see like the glowing eyes the and it give a wink. Yeah. Which I, I like the wink. It's yeah. silly, but I like it. And then you just see like that destroyed chimney mm -hmm. thing. Um, and then it's like, it leaves a bell as a reminder to basically stay in the spirit of Christmas. I like that because it establishes his morals early. So, you know, going into it, that you know um he's not just some mindless monster he operates on his own rules mm -hmm. there which i like and i, did, I, did I like that i did like the stop motion too um but i think i kind of liked it in a vacuum i don't know that i like it like in this movie you know what i mean like if she was reading a story or something and it was like oh no it's a cartoon because it's uh -huh. like we're talking about fantasy now but she was talking about like this really traumatic experience that happened to her and they were just like cartoon time it did yeah. feel a little weird to me but i liked the cartoon itself yeah but you wish it would have been a better transition yeah, yeah yeah like maybe if in the beginning she was like reading a story or something or she pulls out a book about krampus yeah or there. like something where you would like now you understand why they're changing to a different medium i felt but like without that it did just feel like 
I want to do stop motion animation. That's, Put it in there. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. that's definitely a fair point. I can't argue with there. It could have been a better transition, but if you're going to have it, I'm glad they did it that yeah, way. It was cool. It was just a rough transition trying to get there, and I think mm -hmm. that's the film's biggest struggle. It has good ideas, just one hell of a time trying to execute it. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt like that was pretty good, and trying to make sure there's other points I hit on. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, I do like how you get... Uh, like whenever uh, Howie and Adam Scott uh, go to the house, you see the uh, fireplace there and how it looks. Yeah, I, I, I like think that. that's a good reveal like of tease. like you know like how Krampus enters through mm -hmm. the house again, enters through the chimney there. Um, which I also do like that they chose that because again the idea of like Krampus is like for the especially bad people he drags them to hell mm -hmm. and fireplace you know fiery sort of entrance exit there right. I, I think like thematically it's well chosen well done but I like that reveal early because again and again it's a good tease mm -hmm. Michael's good at teasing the monster throughout the entire thing even whenever Krampus isn't there mm -hmm. so I thought that was well done to whenever. Uh, finally, like after the elves break in and basically hold everybody hostage and uh, you get uh, the big reveal because, again, you hear that. Um, I, I will say, though, um, that that part of the scene was pretty comedic. Um, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot. But uh, the ant whenever the monsters aren't actually dead and they're terrorizing people like oh, yeah. Jack in the Box, Teddy Bear little angel creep there and then the ant gets a shotgun and she's just absolute headshotting everybody mm -hmm. i i feel like it's stupid and cheesy but i like it mm -hmm. i i like if anybody's going to do it it's going to be her I, <laughs> yeah I, just i kind of hated that but i'm glad you <laughs> yeah i i understand trust me this is not a what you doing <laughs> i just think it's so stupid it and the, wonderful yeah I just find it wonderful mm -hmm. there with how stupid it is. Just her... Like and then she easily gets taken out. And mm -hmm. she's like, see you in hell. Yeah. So silly. So dumb. Um, I did like how one of the elves took the baby and is just going... Yeah. <laughs> doing that. And then how he's like, wait, I gotta get out of this film too. Yeah. Throws on the jackbox, gets dragged out. Like everybody is throwing themselves to die at this point. Right. This is the point of like... We have too many characters. We got to start like. And I just hate how they it felt like they had to fit in every line in the script. Like they just didn't cut anything. Cause like when the baby gets stolen, it's like there's all this build up to like the baby getting stolen, but nobody's paying attention to the baby. Cause I guess the moral of these families is they don't actually like care, care about their children. <laughs> but it's not until the baby gets taken after mm -hmm. like ten shots of it wandering around that they're that the mom's like, wait, where's whatever the baby's name is. And then they see the elf, and she's like, no! She tries to break out, and it's just like, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just, they just drop it at that point. He's like, was that, mm -hmm. is that designed to make me feel sympathetic for this baby? That like, I don't even like babies, come on. Like, uh -huh. it, it had no mm -hmm. point to this movie, except for that they left it in the car at the beginning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> God, where's the baby? Oh my God! Oh yeah, that's just, where like left the baby in the frozen cold? Right. It's like this. That's the character I'm supposed to feel bad about. No, just just, just cut that line, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, it would be funnier if he just took the baby and they were like, ah, oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> and that just 
Uh, this, again, talk. I, I've mentioned this several times already, but this next point just follows more of an example of good bullet point, terrible way to get there, mm -hmm. is the fact that whenever the family's like, okay, clearly we've been invaded, we have to go out and find safety. <laughs> again, I, I'm, I'm, I know... I, I'm assuming, out of all the lines of the film, the one you cringed at the most, the one you're like, is the one whenever Adam, Adam Scott's, Scott's going over... I'm, I'm going to get close. I'm going to get close. <laughs> the, the going over the plans there, and then he says, a shepherd's got to protect his flock. It's like they just... It's like it's like this guy watched him... Whoever wrote this fucking script, like, watched just every dumb movie made, <laughs> and then, like, had an AI write the script... <laughs> You know what I mean? They're like, oh, there's supposed to be a line that they say early that's funny, and then it becomes the, the serious catchphrase of the movie. And it's like, it wasn't, there's nothing about that that was, you, that you should have told a rational person to leave that in that film, that fucking stupid ass line. It wasn't, it wasn't even funny. It's not even like so absurd that it's funny. It's not even like so bad that it's funny. It's just bad. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Adam Scott. <laughs> He didn't even, you can tell he didn't even want to say it. Like, his character didn't want to say it. He, he and his actor didn't want to say it. He was thinking about his paycheck and going home while he was delivering that line. You could see that in his eyes. He was like, a shepherd. You know, he's kind of like looking up around the... Or look, kicking his feet on the floor. Shepherd's got to protect his flock. Okay, I said the line. Can I go? Come on. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I'm crying. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, it just... Leads to a moment whenever they're like, okay, we gotta go, you know, to this mall, and if that doesn't work, to the police station, go to that snowplow. That's the whole goal in mind. They're all heading out, and they're like, come on, Grandma. And the grandma's like, no, I'm not going. It's like, come on, Grandma, going. let's go. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And then they get to the door, and you could... You could tell, especially the second time around watching it, you mm -hmm. know the grandma's just gonna stay behind. Yeah, she's like, She's just stay, And then she does the, be good. She she doesn't even say it in German. She mm -hmm. just chooses selectively, which I do love. The aunt's like, I knew she knew English, <laughs> um, but that's beside the point. And again, I know why they did it because they wanted that cool dramatic reveal of Krampus going down the chimney, mm -hmm. which I'm happy we got. It's a cool visual visualization of it. It's just dumb how they got to that point there. I agree. Yeah, yeah. They were like, how do we? Wouldn't it be cool if the girl who survived the first encounter with Krampus encountered her again all these decades later? It's a cool idea. I like that just, as an idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, again. The just poor. And again, they even talk about it where it's like, you know, she locks the door and they go, no, no. Mm -hmm. And they're all slapping, open the door. Right. You know, and she just does that dramatic reveal, like, you know, like the, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> sort I'm of like walk towards the fireplace. And then Adam Scott just goes, the window. And then Max is like, no, she's buying us time. It's yeah. And that, that part I hate the most because it's almost like they discovered this plot hole out of the like 15 in this movie. And they're like, well, we have to cover this up with exposition. And so like, he's like, oh, well, if the window's open, then they could go through the window. So wouldn't, wouldn't Adam's character want to do that? And it's like, but Max would stop him because Max gets it. And Max could have told him that when the grandma could have just said this, but like they just had to make the grandma the kind to just not talk ever, except for in German <laughs> to just to piss everybody off for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's she, she, they could have they uh -huh. could have like actually shown her be 
traumatized. I mean, like, I think they're trying yeah. to do that with her just, like, standing and staring, and they kind of have one line that they throw out that's like, isn't Grandma acting weird? And they're like, she always acts weird around Christmas. I can't figure out why while we're being attacked by Christmas monsters. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if she has some deep trauma related to this, you know? <laughs> And then she tells the story, and like they kind of, they, like everybody just kind of brushes her off. Uh, it's, and it's like, it could have done a better job of her, like, showing her trauma. It doesn't help that her trauma was depicted by a cartoon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then her facing Krampus could have been a cool moment. It, it, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, I, I mean, as, as we've, I, I, as I imagine you agree. The interest of Krampus is cool. Coming down a chimney, yeah. and then you hear like the music I, playing. I do like the yeah. whole thing. Once the once we get back to the silly door scene, and she's actually facing Krampus. I like all that, and he's like finds it interesting that she's not resisting, and then he like opens his little bag, and everything up until that point was cool. And then I don't know what the fuck was in that. Dude, bag. I hate that scene. So like I, I I love that scene. It just has a terrible ending. Yeah, yeah. Like way to it because again the way Krampus. The way Krampus, uh, like, approaches some of his prey is interesting, because he's not, like, just some vicious monster again, kind of, like, go, go, la, 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 and go, right. <laughs> he's, right. you know, slapping people with a branch, grabbing people. They could have easily done that. He's, like, a very methodical character, deeping mm-hmm. thinking, uh, things through. And so, again, it is interesting, because, again, you see that big reveal. It's, it's a cool-ass reveal mm-hmm. there, and he comes out. You finally get to see him. And again, I just love how big his horns are. And again, just like he looks like a melted Santa and he has the goat's eyes there. Mm-hmm. And again, just the noise he makes of just a raspy. Mm-hmm. It is such a cool idea, cool design that they kind of bind, you know, both Santa and Krampus together fairly well. Because again, you know, we've heard the idea about Santa delivering coal to people. Mm-hmm again and that's kind of that's more of the current culture idea of it because you don't hear a lot of people nowadays be like oh Krampus will get you there mm-hmm. that was like something that was phased out a lot later um but again they combine the two ideas because again you know you have Santa who delivers toys and presents to those that are good and then you have the counter opposite mm-hmm. the one that punishes those that have been bad um and so you, because here, here's the interesting thing, and I really want to dive into this, especially because you dig deep into it. So you get the reveal, and I do love that, at, you know, you could tell in my eyes that Krampus remembers her, mm-hmm. remembers her specifically, and just does a moment of like, just, you know, take in like the finger, like, yes, I remember you. Mm-hmm. And again, slowly grabs the bag and opens it. And again, she's there standing there taking it. And then you see like the stupid toys like pop up and go like, and it cuts to black and it shows the rest of the crew running. So here's my thing. Krampus is established as basically like those that lose Christmas in their heart are the ones that get punished and everything else. And he's just answering to the wishes of those that just lost the Christmas spirit due to others. Mm Because again, the grandma lost the spirit of Christmas, you know, burning like her little santa plush she loved it because basically Mm -hmm. her parents made it an awful time and everything and krampus comes through kills her parents drags them to hell Mm -hmm. all that stuff and then max again 
that's the whole reason everybody's so apathetic and awful to him at the beginning is they're trying to push him to that edge so that way the Christmas letter where he's like saying I wish mom and dad would love each other I wish my aunt and uncle were nicer to each other there and I, I'm sorry for the my cousins who dad probably wishes they were boys I, I wish my sister would play with me like we did whenever you were younger you know and he like tears it up like his christmas spirit and hope has been lost and everything it gets thrown through the window does like that mm-hmm. there so that that's the idea whoever broke christmas for them is punished but watching it the first time around i was horribly confused as to why the grandma was being punished mm-hmm. there whenever she was the one that's like i'm i'm warning you like don't do this keep the fire burning and everything mm-hmm. my my only this is me like having to dig deep mm-hmm. burn down for an answer there is the fact that I'm curious if the grandma lost hope seeing how commercialized Christmas was being surrounding others um, and everything else and seeing the family just like fall apart around her again mm-hmm. if she finally lost that hope of Christmas there because I never got the feeling that she did lose hope because she was the only one that was just like no you got to keep the fire warm you know, be good, Max, and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as to why she's punished, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, that's, like, the initial idea. He doesn't punish, like, the child whose spirit has been broken. Mm-hmm. He just has a, as a reminder of, like, keep your Christmas spirit up. Ah, okay, I get you. I always see, I always thought it's, he responds directly to a wish, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so in the grandma's story, she wishes specifically that her parents mm-hmm. would go away. And so, Uh like, Krampus goes and takes them all away. And so, I feel like, I guess my impression was, for whatever reason, they didn't ham-fist this part in the movie, but whenever Max tears it up, because he has that hope, Mm -hmm. and his dad comes in and gives him the talk, and he's like, there's still time to send that letter, and he's like, he's gonna send that letter, and then that's, like, the last moment where he's just like, no, like, hope is gone, and he tears it all up. And I feel like while he's doing that, He's wishing, like, I yes. wish they would just all go away, you know? Yes. Because I mean? that's what he yelled at the dinner table or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I wish you all would just leave or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wonder if the grandma was just, like, unfortunately included in that. He was just like, every all my family, I wish they would just go away. That's actually a good point because, again, it... He does wish for that at the table, but yeah. that the moment where he rips up the letter mm-hmm. and he stuff... Doesn't say he doesn't say anything, so... Um, but I wonder if he like wishes that in his head and they just didn't like say it out loud for whatever reason. But... Yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting way of going about it. So I'm glad you're able to break that down. And maybe that's what it is for like Krampus. Like Krampus mm-hmm. is like, I remember you were keeping hope alive. Right. But this child's hope has been broken and wishes for all of you to go away. So mm-hmm. I'm obliging. Because again, I do like as stupid as it is that the cousins are suddenly interested in like, you know, Krampus like you know how do we be good and here's the other thing again we have all this development for Max and mm-hmm. he's dropped out through the majority of the film focusing on the rest of the family which is perfectly fine I think that's a great great idea sure. but then why don't you have him ask the questions about Krampus he's the yeah. one that loves Christmas and obsessed with Christmas there mm-hmm. why doesn't he ask the questions the cousins just all of a sudden like caring which again I know the brother's gone so I'm sure like oh yeah more curious and stuff 
this could have been more time like again you have to pick your battles on who you want to characterize right and i felt like them characterizing the cousins you know suddenly being interested mm-hmm. felt uncharacteristic and out of left field and weak yeah so they I could would... have strengthened the bond so that way whenever the grandma does separate because mm-hmm. you get that small development at the beginning with max right. and grandma but aside from that nothing i agree i agree not only would it make that stronger it would also make the ending stronger because mm-hmm. suddenly max has like some a level of agency with krampus when he realizes that he's the one that made the wish that made all these people go away mm-hmm. and that he's not being attacked by krampus and the minions and he goes up to krampus and like begs him not to let them go and then to take him instead or whatever you know what mm-hmm. i mean that moment could have had any level of build up to it if we focused on max at all and if he was asking grandma like blah blah and then if he was asking those questions and then maybe if he just asked one question like you know can you know hypothetically speaking if i made a wish that would all go away could i undo that wish yeah. <laughs> you know if there was something to that effect or whatever um then then like you know maybe if he thought he had some agency even if he didn't at all but if he thought maybe he could stop this and you know because you kind of know that the snowplow plan is doomed or whatever yeah or the plan to go find uh beth in the snow is doomed you know so if you he thought and therefore the audience thought there might be some hope to stop this and there would be survivors at the end or whatever then that might heighten some of the tension in the movie but there's no tension you're just like waiting for them all to die you know Mm-hmm. no and that's perfectly fair and so i think with that context in mind that does make me appreciate the scene a little bit more even though the kill just sucks yeah. it sucks it's it's, it's such a weak thing again you could have even done like a thing where you know again you mentioned you wanted to see people snatched in the sack mm-hmm. like why wasn't there like a thing you know like you know she looks down and then suddenly like something off camera pulls her in yeah. Like, I think that would have been a lot more effective than stupid I, cheesy nutcrackers popping been, out. Yeah, because, like, other people are getting attacked, but because they're resisting. Because she doesn't resist. I think it would have been, like, 20 times more creepy if they just cut to, like, a sh- like a shot from the kitchen or something through the doorway. And you just see him, like, towering over her. And he just, like, picks her up in one hand and just, like, oh shoves my... her in the stack. Oh! That would have been so fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. That would have been so cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Michael! <laughs> right. How much cooler was that? Because she's like, because he he's he has so much power that he doesn't need to just like chase people down. That's why all these minions. He's like, just bring them to me. Or and again, whatever. she's clearly not resisting. Right. She's accepted her fate that she will be taken. Right. Oh my. And it could have and it could have been a perfect parallel to that little flashback thing that she had too, where she was looking at him through the doorway. You could have the camera in the doorway and him over her, just oh. like scooping her into the sack. And just, like, harvesting her. That would have been terrifying. That would have made him so much creepier. I'm having a reverse Frankenstein effect where (laughs) my grade felt like it slowly was increasing. This one's slowly decreasing. (laughs) Oh, that would have been so cool. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I feel like they really just needed to, like bake this idea a little bit more I had a couple more people in there be like okay well what if we did this oh that's a good idea or whatever it's it's almost like they were just like yeah, yeah, yeah let's make a fucking movie and ship it to dvd real quick yeah i don't know that might that might hit it down to a 5.5 just to give out <laughs> the potential of that and i mean so bear slicks bear, barely six i, I, I will go there it, it's hanging on like by six. a thread yeah. oh, that would have been so cool oh my dude i'm bit, as soon as you said it, i was like He's going to go. He's going to do it. He's going to <laughs> Like Fogger's face. Um, oh my gosh. Um, and uh, we're getting towards the end of the film, but one thing I do want to hit that I thought, again, was a nice small, 
nice little garnish a touch is at the beginning of the film whenever um they're showing like the christmas carol where it shows um marley uh talking to uh, scrooge and being like you know you will be visited by three ghosts to change your ways mm -hmm. i i thought like I, I thought that was, like, a clever way of, like, throwing it in, just kind of yeah, foreshadowing kinda, what's to come. I kind of like that bit of foreshadowing. The parts where I hated the yeah. christmas theme stuff was, like, you know, whenever Krampus is about to come down the chimney or whatever, and then some, some of the lights turn on and the radio turns, and it's like... Yeah. It's like, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus. Yeah, that one, I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess I get it, <laughs> but... Right. Come on. Am I supposed to be scared? Am I, sp am I supposed to be laughing? I'm doing neither of these right now. <laughs> Man, I'm like on an adrenaline rush because I'm imagining that scene you just played out. That's yeah. probably one of the best hypotheticals there. What a um, Anyways, let's talk about the bad stuff that happened. Um, we so haven't, We haven't been talking about that? <laughs> yeah, we, we have. It's basically the part whenever they're all getting sucked down <laughs> they, uh, through the snow there. And again, one of the elves uh, takes uh, Max's cousin mm. and is dragging it off. And I, I will say... I do like that she didn't also get sucked because, again, it just leads to a cool moment because, again, you know, whenever Max is... That's the other thing I don't get. He hits the elf and it gets knocked and then it gets eaten by this creature, mm -hmm. which, again, I th I thought maybe they'd all be on the same side, but I guess they're not. Yeah, I guess not. It's just like a hungry lion creature eating stuff, you know, Sarlacc pit, whatever. <laughs> brings, there's I, That's one question I do have after we get don't talk uh -huh. about this is just about the rules of this little world but anyway, yes we can yes that, that that's that's and trust me i want to talk about that as well yeah. so you max you know has his crowbar he's getting ready he's like oh yeah i'm gonna free my cousin there you know beat up krampus and everything and uh i i do love that they have like a, again pagan ritual like mm -hmm. ceremony there flames going and i loved all of like the again no cg they're just all like clothed like figures like these weird horses there mm -hmm. the elves dancing around going nibby, 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 nibby. <laughs> you know and then you know krampus lurched over there um and of course they always have the uh, the kid said a bad word like whenever he's like hey asshole yeah and you know krampus like turns around there and you know he's like let my cousin go um and so then they're just like looking and it's like uh, that and I am glad that he didn't just say that there, mm -hmm. and then they just laugh there. He's just like, I want my wish back. Mm -hmm. Um, and he throws like the bell down that uh, he's like given, you know, mm -hmm. just as because uh, Krampus. I'm trying to remember. This is bad. I just watched it there. Mm -hmm. Um, Krampus gives him the bell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And does. then he just turns away and walks, and so then he's like there, just kind of reeling it in, and that's whenever he decides, no, I'm going to get my cousin back. Right. So there, yeah. which again, I feel like is a well done scene. Again, mm -hmm. it's just Krampus being like, "Yep, here's your wish. Don't forget not to be a dick right. during Christmas." And they could have ended the movie there with Krampus just walking off, and it would have been yeah. fine. But I, I almost like what they did better. Almost. I don't yes. Know. I understand what you're saying. If they had executed it perfectly, right, right. it would have been amazing. Yeah. But because there's definitely a lot of hiccups on the way there, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. Because, again, I do like the fact that, you know, Max is initially going up being like, I'm going to beat you to get my cousin back. But right. then also just realizes, A, there's no way I can beat this thing. Right. And B, that's not how Krampus works. You know, I'm right. going to try talking to him because clearly he's a creature of like thinking it's not mm -hmm. just a mindless beast going around killing people right. again has his own thoughts and beliefs and he's like i want my 
you know, I take back my wish, you know, because that's the and then that's the one thing that I think is cool because it kind of solidifies to Max that it was his wish that he had because right. the bells wrapped in the letters mm-hmm. there, uh, the torn up letter, which again, I think it's clever because it's kind of like, you know, wish has been granted. Right. Here's your memento of the wish being delivered. And whenever he's like, you know, all I wanted was a happy family there. I, I never wanted them to be like gone, even though in his heart, because that's a thing that the grandmama establishes early mm-hmm. on. It's not what you do. It's what your heart right. believes in. And at the moment, and again, uh, again, thanks to you having that extra context filed in, in his heart, he's just like, I want my whole family to go away. You right. know, I just hate Christmas now. Because they don't ever support them. Mm-hmm. Mostly the only one that did it was Grandma Ma, but unfortunately, I guess she got lumped in. Yeah. Um, and so he tries to reason with Krampus. He's like, no, just take me instead, you know, let my family live. Um, I, I do like the aspect that, you know, Krampus is clearly taking in this moment of like, mm-hmm. wow. He's thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, he's like thinking about it. He's like, hmm. I have this situation where this kid is regretting his choice and realizing the importance of Christmas and family. But then he also just kind of laughs at it because he's like, no, I'm still I'm still going to punish these people because mm-hmm. they're awful people for right. the most part. Um, which, again, it's very I feel like I would get if they were completely apathetic. But there's moments and again, they're actually good moments where. Again, specifically the sisters, the two sisters talking, you know, Tony and uh, Allison talking to each other about past Christmases. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you had the angel. And it's like, yeah, you didn't know. Mm -hmm. No, not really. And they talk about past stuff, which, again, you imagine a lot of families went through. And it's well acted between very good actresses there with a lot of emotion, which, again, it's a, you know, it's like a good nugget of a moment before it gets to the not so good nuggets of moments Mm -hmm. that's sprinkled throughout there. So I would pretty much agree with that but because of that i also feel like it's very manipulative Mm -hmm. there because i feel like again it's like oh yeah they're human they just sudden it's like again they spend a lot of the film trying to earn our trust back with the main cast yeah after being apathetic for the most part at the very beginning of the film right um and so whenever it's like talking about that he's like yeah i want the family back I, I do think it's a little cheesy, but I do like whenever they do laugh and they're like, huh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they're like, they open the big, you know, pit to hell there. Yeah. Which I'm sure you were happy to see. Like, okay, they're actually going to show <laughs> them descending to hell. And again, they toss the cousin in. And I do love that, you know, again, it, it just purely shows Krampus' strength that he picks him up and Max is like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. And I think he says like something like, please no i'll do anything mm-hmm. i just want to have a good christmas and everything and then krampus just drops him and it's him like comedically mind yeah, you yeah. falling into the fire pit slow motion going <laughs> um and then it cuts to white with him waking up in bed which i <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry i try not to listen mm-hmm. in but i can't help but be curious about what you have to say and it just heightens my enjoyment more because <laughs> i'm like i can't wait to talk about this whenever you had the audible oh <laughs> i knew it because i because i felt it coming i was like is he just gonna wake up and this is all a bad dream because i was like this is like not a great movie but surely it's not that bad of a movie <laughs> but then they were doing it and i was like these sons of bitches <laughs> But then I kind of got it at the end because I was suspicious because I was like, okay, this whole thing is like 
really Wait, overly yeah. warm looking, like just cinematographically, and mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, it's because he was actually in a snow globe with a bunch of other. That's what Krampus does is he puts them all in snow globes to be there for all of eternity. Yeah, that and that's the thing I'm curious about because I want to talk about because again I. Mm -hmm. I, I felt the same way if this was all a dream and mm -hmm. they just opened up with a bell and then they looked yeah. at the camera and the film ends, that would have sucked. That would have been awful. That yeah. would have been suckish. So I'm glad that whenever they have this warm Christmas moment again, I... I like he learned I, his mm. lesson. Oh, I, I need to appreciate family after all. Mm. And, but then... But then he's also trapped in the snow globe for all of eternity. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, because like I was like, hang in there, buddy. Hopefully, hopefully this fake out will make you feel better mm -hmm. there. Because again, if it had been a dream, it would have sucked. Right. I hate fake outs a lot. There's rarely times that it works out mm -hmm. nicely there. But um, this fake out, I felt like worked pretty good. Because he here's the thing, you know. Krampus could genuinely tell that Max genuinely just honestly wanted to have a good Christmas. It's not the fact that mm -hmm. he hated his family. He just hated how his family was around Christmas. Right. There, that they had lost a Christmas spirit, and his hate just got the best of his heart there, and he lost that spirit of Christmas there. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the trade-off I feel like Krampus does, I imagine, is like... Because that's the thing, too. It, it makes it confusing because whenever they are enjoying their Christmas yeah. and then Max opens the present and the bell's there and then he looks up and then the family members are like realizing, oh, wait, mm -hmm. that did happen. I, I you know, they, I imagine they all probably thought it was a dream and they yeah, woke you, up. I guess they, <clears throat> they kind of leave that open because I don't know if they're just like, what is that bell? Who's it from? Or and Max is the only one that knows or if they all know. Yeah, I, I assume from Cause, cause what Max I'm able seems to... to remember, he's the one that was like had a bad dream, but everyone else is like, what's wrong, Max? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, my, my belief is that they all went through the same thing simultaneously mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. that they all woke up, that it was a bad dream, and they're probably thinking, oh, it was just a bad dream mm -hmm. there. You know, they go through and everything, and then once they realize it, and then it zooms out, and it shows them in the snow globe, mm -hmm. and then it shows other snow globes in this Krampus hideout. Um, it makes me it, it confused me the first time I watched it because mm -hmm. I'm like, so is this what happens to all of Krampus's victims? He doesn't actually drag them to hell. But mm -hmm. my thing is, is this is one I'm picking up second time round is Krampus's actions is like, you know, OK, I'll give you guys a good Christmas. But in return, I own you for eternity because you're still yeah. bad people and you have to also suffer for the consequences of being hateful. Right. So what I kind of got out of that is that's his thing, right? He does that to every family is what I thought, right? Uh -huh. like, so even whenever like the grandmama in her story uh, wished that her parents would go away, he probably went and snatched those two people in a snow globe and left the, the wisher or the grandmama behind. So I feel like that's normally what happens. And then in this tale, um, Max comes up and he's like, that that's what he was going to do to all the rest of his family, except for Max. But then Max was like, take me, right? All I wanted was to have a good Christmas. I take my wish back. I just wanted to have a good, good Christmas time. Um, take me instead. And that's why Krampus kind of thinks and then laughs and goes, haha, okay, I will take you and you will have a good Christmas in the snow globe with the rest of your family. See, this is why I'm happy we talked about this uh, <laughs> film so that way we can lock it down. Because... I think that's what I interpret as well. Mm -hmm. It's not the fact he captures everybody in the snow globe. It's just 
this is probably not his first time round doing it. Mm-hmm. He's probably used to it doing this for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And there's probably been a lot of kids who do regret immediately, like, yo, please don't take my family away. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like, huh, okay, yeah. You know, I'm going to own you and you're going to have your perfect Christmas, but you're going to be trapped right. in eternity. But you're only going to have perfect Christmas for all eternity. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then you can't resume your normal life. You're just trapped in a snow globe in one mm-hmm. of my collectibles. And again, it's a it's a cool idea, especially if you get it the second time around with all that message and stuff in. Mm-hmm. But they have to end it in the cheapest, worst way possible, which is not very good CGI creatures coming to attack the screen. Yeah. Like, I think a much more effective way, and again, this isn't as clever as your idea, like, nothing will top that. I'm just, like, doing that is either, like, have, like, hear, like, a raspy laugh from Krampus and it cuts to black, or you hear, like, his laugh and then, like, him walk in front of the screen and you hear, like, the ruffle of the cloak and it just cuts to black. Mm-hmm. Don't put poorly CGI monsters that no. going and attack the screen. Stupid cartoon. It was. It, it's just a stupid way to end the film. Uh, that's the one thing I would say out of the entire thing that I'm like, I hate that. Yeah. I, I hate, 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 hate that. Big dumb. Um, but I will say I did like during the credits. Uh, I did like how there's a lot of like family photos of like Christmas stuff there. I thought that was a nice nifty touch there mm. that they did that a lot. But it was, it did lead to a very hysterical comment from you, Aaron. It says like, you know, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's like, hey, you could put your photos in this uh, credits here. Is it a good movie? No. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. Because we were talking about like who are these people were because i was like at the first time i was like okay these are like the movie stars but as their kids photos with santa or whatever but i was like i don't recognize them. are these even them and then there's so many that like, this must be like production or just like people in the studio or like who who's whose family photos are these and yeah so that was the conversation i imagine happened to some studio executive be like hey we're making a christmas movie it's like a christmas horror uh, you know you want to we're gonna put family photos in the credits you want to submit one pick oh yeah no we we took a christmas card this year mm-hmm. is it gonna be a good movie oh no <laughs> but uh but you know you can yeah. you can add it in anyway yeah oh dope. man uh, um no i i can't argue with that that's a that's a good solid point there <laughs> uh i did actually think of this <clears throat> i actually thought of this just now but you talked about how this film is very similar to christmas vacation yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they, yeah. they even have the advent calendar to show the passage of time and oh, what day yeah. it is. Yeah, they did do that in Christmas Vacation. Mm, yes, yeah. which again, I don't feel like that's only like, uh, only Christmas Vacation could do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, it, it's like they do use it for three days. Right. And I feel like it's it's fine. But I feel like they're trying to, they even talk about squirrels in the attic or whatever. You know? um, there's, there's so many Christmas Vacation sort of references. I, it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's like a parody, like they're trying to parody that. Like I, it, parts of, part of the time me watching it i felt like this was trying to parody christmas movies and that's why they were so over the top and stuff but like Mm. it didn't ever come through strong enough for me to think that 100 percent. but that's fair that's fair now i am curious about this Mm -hmm. would you be willing to see a sequel of this I mean, I, I would watch one. I would watch whatever for this podcast. I'll, I'll watch bad movies, good movies. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, would I you mean, have hope for a sequel? If it was like a direct sequel, like this is the, it's the same Krampus, same universe, same director kind of thing. I wouldn't yeah. have high hopes for it. No, <laughs> no. If it was someone else's interpretation of Krampus, sure. Or if it was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. But um, 
I mean, I mean, yeah, I would yeah. watch. I would watch another one. I just, I just wouldn't have, have the highest. Hopes. Yeah, I wouldn't expect much from it. That's fair. That's fair. For me, I, I, I would love to for Michael to revisit this idea because again, I think the ideas and concepts he have are cool. It's just yeah, yeah. other stuff that needs to be more well tuned and uh, right. well toned. And again, it, it might be one of those things like, you know, uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, aside from that, anything else you want to touch on upon Krampus? Um, uh, yeah, actually, a couple things real okay. quick. I know, I know we're kind of running along. No, that's perfectly fine. I'm enjoying our conversation. While we just mentioned the point about Max's whole little journey theory, I did just want to mention... I think it would have, if we were fixing this movie, if we were doctoring up this movie, I think it would have actually worked better if Max had seen that he had made a mistake earlier. If he had, like, made this wish that he wished all his family would go away because he was actually just upset and emotional about something stupid, you know? Like, he he fucked up his school. Like, nobody came to his school play because they were late in traffic or whatever. It's supposed to be Christmas and the family's dumb and they said one little mean thing to me and I just wish they'd all go away. And then and then whenever, like, the blizzard hits and stuff starts getting real and that... Because then, cause then mm-hmm. instead of the family being so just giant mm-hmm. dicks to him, like, actually, and he just wished that they would all go away... And then he was like, "Well, I didn't. I didn't really mean that. You know what I mean." Yeah. And now they're all dying. And then it was actually focusing on him. Yeah. I wonder if that would be a better mm-hmm. plot device if he was like, "Oh fuck," and he had like guilt, and he was like, "Oh shit, I did wrong," and like they're they're now I'm the wrongdoer instead of like, "Yeah, I don't care that all these people are dying because they're horrible people." You know what I mean? So what I'm getting yeah. is they should have borrowed less from Chris's vacation and borrowed more from Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's him. As soon as he started talking about them, I'm like, yeah, like Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I think definitely that would have fleshed out his character a lot more. Because again, you you don't see any development from Max in the middle of the film. You right. see it at the beginning, the beginning and, and then, all at the end. And then they just drop, which is which just makes it weird because like he seems like the main character, and then you don't see him like at all in the middle of the film. Yeah, I, I yeah I would totally agree with that sentiment. There, there's definitely. They could have chosen to, like, given, like, as bad as it sounds, give up on these other characters mm-hmm. and just make some good, solid characters yeah. there. Um, like, because otherwise you're just trying to win all the battles mm-hmm. there, which I think was just a poor choice. So I think definitely if we had more, because that's the thing. The one thing, as much as I've been positive and kind of raving about the film in comparison mm-hmm. to you, Aside from Allison Tolman, have I really mentioned any other characters like, oh, that's awesome. It's just she's like, huh, you know, that's kind of clever or that's just, eh. I love when that one kid said a line. Just kidding. He didn't. He was the fat kid. Um, Yeah, drank the Mountain Dew and burped. Ha ha. Ha Very goofy. Um, So I I would definitely agree. What are their other bullet points? The one last thing I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about was the universe of this film, what the rules were. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I just felt like there was absolutely nobody there, and there was just all chaos. And they tried to fluff, fluff it away with a little line of like, 
well, our one neighbor is in Florida, and the other neighbor is in a different warm place, and the neighbors across the street, after Max did the noodle thing, well, they don't, we can't talk to them, or whatever. But every time they're in the streets, there's, like, no sign, besides the DHL guy that comes in, right, at the beginning, there's no mm -hmm. sign once the blizzard starts that there's any other life besides them. Like, even whenever they go over... To the boyfriend's house and it's been kicked in and so mm. you, you don't see any like dead bodies or anything or like loot it's like just like, 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 like where, what happened to everybody like you see their houses have been broken into but like and you see like this snow plow has been left but you don't see anybody else any any little extras or anything besides so my question about this whole world is like is this actually happening, or are like they in the snow globe the whole time? Like, what's like, yeah. like what is going on here? Yeah, that's a great question. From what I'm able to understand, it's just this big snowstorm. Because yeah. in the radio, you only hear a small tidbit of that's like true, all of Ohio is covered in a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. Weird. It's Ohio monsters. Yeah. Um, and so I'm guessing it's everybody there and it just hits that whole one area so there what happens once this thing wraps up it's just the, this whole fucking neighborhood dead like is that and then yeah they're not nobody's talking about that like I don't... yeah it definitely jumps into like a lot of like but wade focusing on stuff like does krampus be selective yeah. on who he hunts down there because right. again it's it's hard to punish a lot of people in one night right do they all just forget well, yeah because like so if this is actually happening and it's affecting an entire neighborhood. Like, does nobody know about these giant, massive massacres that happen often enough for him yeah. to fill up his shed full of snow globes of modern homes? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the question. I mean, I guess if he drags them to hell and stuff and just uses the creatures to capture them, mm -hmm. then I guess they just disappear. Right, but the people that survive and then the snowstorm passes and then they drive through this neighborhood and they're like, wow, every single house was ransacked and all the people are missing what's up with that <laughs> what's up with that what's up with that you ever know. wonder about Krampus he yeah. just goes in you ever wonder why every year at Christmas some town on the map gets hit with a blizzard and everybody dies weird that's well, Ohio that's just Ohio baby <laughs> remind me never to go to Ohio god I want a Jerry Seinfeld bit about Krampus what's the deal with Krampus boom 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 uh yeah that's a good solid point i think it's just one of those things that it's like and um i i think the only thing you could say is, is like yeah that's that's definitely an oversight for sure it, it's like if yeah. you think about it it's, it's one of those things that's like not the most important thing in the world but i just find myself focusing on these stupid little details and i'm like what well and i think What's that's the on? thing about the film because again this is my thing because I'm not one of those, like, uh, it's a movie, Aaron, anything mm -hmm. could happen. Like, I think that's a dumb, freaking, like, excuse. Like, it's just a movie. Mm -hmm. I, I think, in all honesty, because there's films I've seen where it has loose plot threads and, like, well, what about this? Yeah. What about that? Like, but if the film is entertaining enough to make you not care about it, right. it's done a good job. Like, you you think about, like, gremlins. Yeah. You know, don't feed them out for the night. Well, what's technically after midnight? You know, sure. what's the time frame there? But again, the film's so fun that you just don't really focus on that. Right. But again, if you're not enjoying the film, that just little nitty-gritty thing becomes just another thing to add to the pile there. Right. So I totally understand exactly where you're coming from. I'm just fortunate that I'm just able to be like, yeah, it's just kind of there. Which again, you know, it, it, 
if he has the ability to put people in a snow globe there, that mm-hmm. would have been an interesting aspect there. But right. I think it would give away the grand reveal. That's a like, huge twist at the end. With every other kind of like monster movie, quote unquote, like the greater world is either doesn't know about the monsters for something like evil dead you only know about it because they're in the cabin or whatever and they mm-hmm. have the book or whatever it's very explainable why because they're very and they're in an isolated territory they're not we're not in an isolated territory here and in other movies like in halloween or something where there's not an isolated territory that's getting attacked um like okay well now people talk about jason or if I, they talk about michael and they, yeah. they know and then there's like the lore there and who he is and why he returns there's always an explanation for either um, you know, people know about it because it's a populated area or mm-hmm. it's isolated. So only the people that are isolated there know about it. And this one doesn't answer either of those questions. Like, were they actually isolated? The answer seems like no, because yeah, there the was... DHL person comes, the plow comes in. So like, they're not the only ones in the storm, but they don't interact with any other people Mm-mm. in the movie at all. And they wander the streets all the time. They don't find anybody, like anybody at all. Like, so it doesn't answer that question. So like, okay, it doesn't seem like they're isolated, but then the outside world doesn't seem to know about this at all you know what i mean it's like every other movie i can think of answers that question and this one Mm. doesn't yeah that's actually a really good point there and i never realized that they don't interact with a lot of people there and they have that throwaway line at the beginning of like oh yeah you know they either don't want to talk to us or they're not here yeah um i think it would have been I, I definitely think if they could have trimmed the fat in some areas and really heightened other aspects, like, mm-hmm. you know, again, like maybe they're not able to like leave, yeah. you know, there's like, you know, something like, you know, if they walk outside, like they're trapped in like this sort of like inescapable realm there to yeah. where like it forces them to be in the house either that or even something so yeah. much more explainable like what if their yard has like a little bit of snow on it and then everyone else's yard just has snow piled up against the walls or something mm-hmm. and they're just like oh shit what's going on here or something and there's like a physical barrier that keeps them locked in or something yeah, maybe and so i i think that's just kind of the issue because there are some cool moments they do exploring neighborhood going through there again because mm-hmm. we get that pagan sort of like ritual at the end of the film right. and again the first initial time you see like you know it go through the snow whatever it is you know mound and then them exploring the house and seeing like the fireplace torn up stuff like that 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 part of the world's cool but what what if i mean here's even just one little scene they could have tossed in to explain it all what if they're in the hummer and they driving and they keep driving straight and then they like loop around and they pass their house again or whatever and they're like wait yeah Yeah, you know that would just be like a little mystical thing there it's like okay they're trapped in this little realm or Or like if certain houses were trapped yeah there uh, because it showed clearly that the boyfriend's house had been ravaged and they're a fight because you see his gingerbread stabbed with a kitchen knife there that would have been like cool and it's like wait where's this person's house it was Mm -hmm. here so i think they could have done that for Mm -hmm. sure but yeah uh definitely missed opportunity i i I will say that's not quite as big of a strike down as the better way they could have off the grandma there but that's still a much better idea and it could have trimmed a lot of the not so good stuff that came with it because there's like a lot of cheesy scenes like again like whenever adam scott picks up the photo looks mm. at his daughter there and like yeah don't worry we'll find her yeah so it's yeah i i think you hit a solid I point just, there and i think that would have been a much better way and would have cut out the unnecessary ugly fat and i didn't have to that was just something i'm riffing off the top of my head well, but just i just <laughs> think i think there needs to be and i know this sounds like such a minor stupid little mm-hmm. point but the whole point of genre really is 
world building versus like literature is is more about you know character development or whatever mm -hmm. whenever you're talking about genre like when you talk about star wars you're talking about oh the lightsaber the force you could do this you did you know when you're talking about you know, even romance movies or genre you're talking about okay the love the connection the whatever like like in, in science fiction it's like okay the alien the whatever in fantasy it's like okay what are the rules of this universe okay you can you some people can use magic some people can't you know like like those is what forms the world and then you understand the story in it and there's nothing that really forms this world for me but yeah yeah anyway even like no. freddy krueger you're like okay like name around the street i understand he can hop through dreams he can come out of them. cool I, that, that's the concept that we're working in and now i can enjoy the story i just don't even really understand the concept of like where this world is yeah um i, I think that's a solid point there that i didn't think about it again it's kind of like one of those things like yeah i can't refute that that mm -hmm. just makes way too much sense and again it's, um, it's dumb yeah. it's not something i was thinking about well, like the whole I mean, movie but it's and even like then the you've never come across this idea and you came up with that solution instead so i mm -hmm. feel like again the fact that you're able to come up with something i still think speaks a lot of loud words there and mm -hmm. i i think like even though like it could have even been less effective there but it's better to have a more concise, less effective idea mm -hmm. than just a bigger chunk that's like, right. there's a couple of good nuggets there, mm -hmm. but the rest is just porridge, Even like just treat. goulash. I understood the rules of trick-or-treat, you know what I mean? I understood mm -hmm. they showed you kind of what happened, they showed you Sam, and kind of you understand the rules of how Sam operates, mm -hmm. and in each of the little vignettes, you kind of understand, even even... They give you like four different complete storylines and you get from start to finish how that little world works. You know what I mean? You know, the, 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 yeah, I guess I can't spoil no. all those things, but you get to get it. They, they give you a fully encapsulated, these are the rules, but I mean, mm -hmm. they, they didn't do that here. Yeah. And they had a whole movie to do it. <laughs> I mean, that that's too, <laughs> again, too solid of a point to refute with. And I think overall my rating is a very soft six during Christmas, 5.5 any other time yeah. of the year. <laughs> Fair I, I think if you have Noggin Friends, it's a Nog very comfortable... Friends. Yes, Noggin Friends, it's a solid... Well, solid. It's a mushy six. A mushy... A Otherwise, six. it would probably move down to a 5.5 if I was watching this in, like, March or something. But yeah. if you're just in a Christmas spirit, you know, get... Yeah. I, th I think I, I think it just heightens the enjoyment and experience of it all. Yeah. Um, it's like with uh, Trick or Treat. You can probably watch it any time of year. But it's and, so much and, better in Halloween. Yes, exactly. And again, it's the same film. You would still enjoy it any time of the year. It's just Halloween just makes it even a much more perfect time. Yeah. So I think I think that totally hits it. And in all honesty, this is kind of like a surprising take. Not that I'm trying to purposely look for bad films. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that you didn't like this film. I feel like we had a lot of interesting stuff to hit on, just different aspect-wise. Because... Yeah. I felt like, you know, the last few films, it's like we've been on the same note, so it's been a while since we've had... There's a little bit of disagreement. Yeah, you know, disagreement talk, there, but it, it's like one of those things that I'm like, no, I totally agree with your points there. You mm -hmm. you bring to light stuff that, you know, you didn't like that. I'm like, man, you're right. And then I brought up some stuff where you're like, okay, no, yeah, no, yes. I totally get where you're mm -hmm. coming from with a lot of stuff. It's just yeah. like, that's not where I landed, but I, mm -hmm. I, now that you're talking about it, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think we've gotten to the end of the podcast, unless you had any other... No stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think you brought up a lot of bullet points. I mean, in all honesty, I thought the thing was going to be a longer episode than this one, oh, but yeah. it turned it up being the opposite mm -hmm. there. So I found that pretty interesting. But yeah, hopefully that gives you guys an idea on whether you'll like uh, Krampus or not. If you're still listening there, or if you've seen Krampus once before, you know. Again, if you're looking for something to watch during Christmas time, 
could do definitely well i don't know could do, do in aaron's case probably couldn't <laughs> do much worse than krampus but worse. if you're yeah if you're going to watch it nog and friends that that's mm -hmm. our solid recommendation good with nog and friends yeah yeah um yeah so that's comes to the end of our episode here and we're going as a special gift to you all that we always give at the end of every episode yeah. we're going to talk about uh teasers for the next episode Ooh. here so hopefully this is a <laughs> Throw, throwing out the good hints there so yes yes so the new episode for 2023 is actually going to tie into slightly the idea of new year's and the fact that oh. you know new year's you always strive to be a better person new year new me yes exactly new year's resolution there mm -hmm, it's a mm -hmm. new year you know you wait for the clock to hit a certain time oh. and this film we're watching is going to be a sequel so mm -hmm. is there a sequel that we have reviewed on this podcast that focuses solely on trying to be a better person than what you are and there's a timer Saw? yes <laughs> we're going to be watching saw 2 so oh. yeah so I, i'm sure you'll be very curious to see where to go from here on that uh, mm -hmm. uh from the first one there so with all that said and done thank you so much for listening to this episode guys we hope you all have a merry christmas hanukkah kwanzaa or if you don't celebrate or celebrate, hopefully you just have a good time. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you all again next time when we're popping the scary with Saw 2. Saw 2, baby. Saw 2. I saw it two times. Oh, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, saw it saw, saw it. I've never seen it. Okay. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, CastBox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. For me, it is at ColkirkVA, and for Aaron, it is at AnimalGameDev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary.